0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com.
1: Welcome. It's a fake out. The podcast is coming in a second, but until then, uh, I'm going to introduce some tracks to you that are available courtesy of Convulse Records. The first is Drill Sergeant with the song Laugh Track off the album Vile Ebb. Now, I listened to this one about 10 times so far. They got a little bio that says, you know, it's got references to crossed out definitely mind eraser cuz it's clever definitely. I personally hear some Toronto nods in there. It is it's a step above. And you know that this isn't this isn't a style that wins me over without being sharp. This is quite good. Toronto! on Let the fucking girls. With a lot of a why? If no are They fucking
2: get the joke They never get the joke
1: Okay, reminder that's coming out March 26th. You can get that at Convulse Records. Next up, another Convulse Records band, Cell Rot. This is a, the song, A Thousand Ways to Ruin Your Day. And the album is Slowly Falls Apart. Now, a lot of our listeners already know this band. Uh, let's see, they put out a demo, put it on LP. Uh, it's It's just really brutal and i don't mean that in the the way that people talk about death metal being brutal this is just like somebody jumped on your shoulders like it's an action movie broke your shoulders uh it, it's it's really it's it's a beating and that's available April 2nd if you want your beating Hardcore Podcast. I'm Patrick.
3: I'm Bob. I'm Tom. And joining us today, our guest is...
4: Walter. Hey, Walter. <laughs> hey, what's up? I love how oh, Bob was Walter. like, hey, Patrick, do the thing you did before, and then when you gave Patrick the space to do it, he didn't do it. It's okay. What, it's what, it's what? like the gimmick. It's okay. I just was so walk- pro. Like, I, Did I, I fail to I do did. it? What did I do? No, you didn't. You're fine. <laughs> All
3: right, we didn't. Uh, we also didn't give a Walter like a true flow of like. All right, we say this, then you say that, but it worked really well. We're leaving it all okay. in. Okay, so that was good. It was perfect. Yeah. Uh, okay, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was Walter, the,
1: the the lack of professionalism is uh, at least one tenth of the charm. You know? It, oh, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
5: Oh yeah. It's I, better to not, uh, to not know that kind of naivete has got a lot of charm to it. So much.
1: So, so Walter, I. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you listen to the podcast at all, but I just, uh, we like to assume that we have a very broad listenership, uh, based on the feedback that we get, that seems to be the case. Uh, so as silly as this is, we're going to enter the next couple minutes kind of telling people who you are. Okay. Like, which seems ludicrous because, uh, you've been around a long time and done a lot of things people I would assume, but, we got 16 year old listeners as well who don't know everything. Yeah, so, we
3: had we had we yeah. have uh we had a listener this past week who hit me and was like, Yo, I just discovered youth brigade DC. Good job, guys. So uh you know <laughs> See, we, we and, get that and, kind of and stuff and all the time.
1: Grateful I mean, for that yeah. message. So yeah, so let's let, let's introduce Walter for the few people who
4: may not know who he is. I mean, one of your bands comes up almost every week. Yeah, that's at that a fact. fair yeah. point. That's true. That's that's a fact. Whether it be rivals oh no you, so so walter
3: you, you join us from from uh, a long history of bands including
5: am i supposed to say them <laughs> <laughs>
1: you walter you, you are you are you this early into the podcast and you're my favorite guest <laughs> uh. I, I love it uh, yeah walter if it doesn't make you uncomfortable g- give us a couple of the highlight reel
5: Uh, hardcore world. I mean, Gorilla Biscuits is the big one probably. And, uh, Youth of Today. And, um, there's so many that I was in for like little jumps. Um, I was in Warzone. I was in, uh, Super Touch. I was in, um, shit. There's like so many I can't really remember. Uh, uh, Project X.
4: Mm. Um, there was was one that I learned this week that I never knew.
5: Outburst. I was in Outburst. I did not know yeah. that. One. Yeah. Uh I was in um there's other ones too. I was in Judge. I played in Judge but like mm. for like one show. Um so I don't know. I did I did all these like uh hardcore bands, like tons of them. And Quicksand too. I don't know if that fully counts but it's kind of in there.
3: Yo, so that's kind of a funny question that we get hit with. And uh-huh. I think it's I think it's changed like where do you put quicksand? Do you, do you, sh- cause to me, it makes sense that people who love hardcore love quicksand. Yeah. Like, I think all three of us do, but it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of, you know, like it hits this term like post hardcore, right? Like yeah. how far apart does that feel from hardcore to you?
5: Well, I guess when it's was coming out, I was going with all hardcore chops. Like everything that I was putting into it was, you know, on a hardcore record label with like coming off of having done these hardcore records like a year before or whatever. And so like all my thinking about how music was made and how you presented it and um, how you wrote songs and like what got people moving, what affected people was all drawn from hardcore, but stylistically it was um, taking a, a step away from that. So, I mean, it's sort of like, um I think in its like kind of sort of in its guts it's like all hardcore but there's some uh kind of n- you know new additions and accoutrements that that kind of took it to another place in a good way that hardcore people still related to it and were down to like rock to it but it had an appeal that um to other people that um would maybe not get down with like straight hardcore because they just, it just wouldn't make sense to them on the surface.
3: For sure. For sure. You know, now, jumping, jumping back. Oh, go ahead, Pat. What are you going to say?
1: Well, I don't know how f- formal we want to be here. If we, if we got a structure because you are just pulling me in a direction right now, Walter, the, the uh, a thing that I've become really fascinated with just in the last year and a half is that era that, that, that quicksand was playing New York. I uh-huh. now, at that time you had prong, you had unsane uh, helmet was probably helmet was right in that era, right in that pocket. Mm -hmm. And I, I, uh, I think because I was introduced to quicksand, as you said, through all of the, all of the hardcore channels, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for the record, at least in my uh, somewhat backwater town of Albany, New York, uh, Mm -hmm. you guys were still, in the club versus something like Fugazi, which was not so so so. Take that for what it's worth, you know. But yeah. uh, th- but when you were playing in that era in uh, at, uh, when you were in Quicksand, starting out and all of that other not hardcore energy, but s- sort of adjacent in the respect that it was heavy. Uh, was that w- did you feel in competition with any of that? Like I always wonder. Not this is not to bum out the, uh, uh, Paige Hamilton, who probably is a listener. Uh, you're about 30,000, 30,000 times better, better than helmet, but H- helmet had some nods that I didn't feel like quicksand got right now. That's neither here nor there. That's all like uh journal, music journalism, bullshit of the past. But you personally, did you feel like, yo, we smoke helmet. Why are we not like in the same like why like why am i being denied that fucking nod from music journalism when when it's f- proof positive to our helmet listeners out there proof positive you're a million times better so uh did you feel like like i said prong unsane pr- probably 10 others that i could name D- did you feel part of that scene at all and did you feel or if you didn't did you feel in competition with it at all
5: um that's, um, let me unpack that a little bit um
4: because <laughs> there uh, there's, question.
5: there's a lot of moving parts to that one um, yeah. i guess i wouldn't have felt like i guess going straight to the com- competitive part of it um those guys were older than us like you know by the kind of age that matters when you're like that young you know what right. i mean like yeah. for example like um they were more the age of like kind of like um jay mascus kind of age where uh you know there's a real cutoff in that first wave of hardcore to like for sure to us so we were like i i you know when you guys get into hardcore the kids that were like the next scene below you you see them in a different way and maybe you have some cross thing but it's a different generation so they were older and they had because of that age thing they had um connections to um, like they weren't really caring about like rave today or anything like that so they right. they were more connected to this sort of no wave scene, which um, like Paige was kind of down with like Glenn Branca and um, some of that kind of thing in New York and Glenn uh, no wave is the kind of people that um, the people that like no wave are the same kind of people that write for uh, the Village Voice that were like running that kind of media so you'll notice at that time it was frustrating to me in this sense that like here's this like more when I was in hardcore, um where there's this like amazing, you know, lively scene at CBGB's where hardcore matinees are like running, you know, is the most successful thing at this historic amazing club. It's like keeping it the fucking lights on. And yet the village voice will not say fucking shit about it.
0: Yeah. And if
5: and if Sonic Youth, you know, th- farts like they're they're all over it you know what i mean so yeah. it's it, or, or you know if lee Ronaldo's playing you know in someone's like you know loft you know somewhere like that's a thing so i think it's just like an age thing you know what i mean and we were like kind of coming and i think you know i can see with retrospect now that probably their perception of hardcore was probably based on like you know, a rise in bashing on the Lower East Side, you know what I mean? They weren't seeing it as like, as a, as a complex movement. They were seeing it as, as probably in a, in a menacing way. Whereas like, you know, I didn't think of hardcore, the menacing part of it was part of the challenge of like going to these places or going to these shows and not getting your ass kicked and kind of like getting through it and making a friend and building an alliance, you know, that, that kind of, part of it was exciting like it went to to when i was that age for sure um but i think that that page and helmet were just like that much older and that much far away so i did not feel in competition with them and also i just i thought they were awesome like i, I appreciate like i think that quicksand if you were to do a, a one-for-one comparison to, to helmet like i think there was a lot more um kind of complexity in the, in the music in some ways, or, um, you know, or the lyrics were kind of maybe more important than they were in, in helmet. Um, but helmet, were doing something that was so sensational. And I mean, sensation in like, you know, someone turns the lights on, someone turns the lights off. Like it, it when the lights come back on, you're just like, whoa! it just was something that was, very primal and special that with all our complexity and stuff like that, it's more nuanced, you know what I mean? What we were doing. So I I didn't feel in in competition with them. I felt really happy in a way that or like cool that they kind of took us under their wing to some degree. And that I felt that that was a good context for us going into this kind of like older guy world, you know, which we were never going to, you know, kind of, we were still always going to be the kids to, to, I think those kind of journalists that, that you're talking about. And um you know, I, I kind of more understood it than like got mad or like, we should be bigger than them. You know what I mean? I didn't spend too much energy on that. Those kind of thoughts,
1: you know, really you're a healthy minded person. I don't know if, I think <laughs> I probably would have been really petty at that age, but, <laughs> but you raise a good point. I, I didn't factor in the age difference as a thing, but yeah, comparatively you were, truly kids. So, so th- th- that's a, uh, it's an interesting idea. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to expand on something that you said right there, which was uh, uh, kind of <clears throat> going to these places where there is an element of risk uh, or there's uh, unsavory people or, or, or whatever. Now I've always admired you because you and I got the same body. We, we, <clears throat> we're like little twiggy sort of guys. You know, mm. and and don't get me wrong, you 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 did a good job of like, I don't know if you were ever invited to join the truly goonish bands, you know, but but mm. you you've always been in that orbit, you know, like by virtue of being in New York hardcore, you you are never very far from a potentially dangerous man. You know what I mean? Mm. And I always wondered how you navigated that. Did you ever find yourself in any type of because as a, as a small guy? Uh, unfortunately, I can still get myself in trouble. You'd think most people would just keep it moving, uh, but did you ever find yourself in any of the hecticness, any of the silliness that kind of uh, uh, defined like that hardcore? era? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like any, any. You don't got to tell me any specific beefs, but just it seems like you were so far. Like in my mind, you're very far removed from that as a person, but proximity, you must have been right around it.
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, there was definitely, uh, I think, again, part of the thrill was just going to these shows, like, from the early shows that I went to, before I even got there and saw what it was, I had seen Suburbia, I had, you know, watched Decline of the Western Civilization, like, the the idea of, like, that I'm going someplace where there's, like, X-Head is, or, you know what I mean, there's these, like, psychos that are just looking to be antisocial, and I'm you know, if you look at like, yeah, I guess decline is, is a good example, you know, where some of these kids just seem like nutcases and like, that's where I was going into, obviously like the reality of CBGBs was different, but I mean, if you listen to, to hardcore enough, especially, I mean, I didn't see it as much then, but, um, it's more apparent to me now, like so much of, of the music is about processing anger. You know what I mean? So you, you, it's going to attract, uh, people that want to play out that fantasy. So for, for me, um, I knew going into it, that that was not going to be like my role here. Like the, <laughs> what I had to offer the scene was uh, I could play music and uh, I love music. So like I can, I can, that's what my gifts are. And I was lucky. I know people that were really cool and, um, maybe bigger than me or something like that, but you just, you you could just take the random hit. You know what I mean? Like you just went to CBs, stood in the wrong position next to the wrong person that, um, you know, y- you were wearing something uncool that they perceived as weakness and you could get beat up and then hardcore music's close to you and you don't go back to CBGBs anymore. Th- that happens to people. And that I think is a reflection of, the kind of signal that hardcore sends out, I think, especially, I mean, now not so much with us, although, you know, cause we're, we're older and hopefully have processed a lot of that, that kind of stuff. But I think for a teenager, I mean, there was a reason why like, um, people were attracted to it. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, processing you're at this kind of place where, you know, uh, you're coming from a, your family situation, whatever your trauma is from that. But you also have a little bit of freedom because like, if you can go to the, if your parents think it's okay for you to like go to CBGBs on a Sunday or when you're 15 or 16, they're not paying attention or something yeah. is kind yeah. of fucked up or maybe they're too loose or, you know what I mean? There's something going on. Normal parents, maybe <laughs> that would seem a little, they might inquire about that.
1: So, so yeah, Walter- at, at, at minimum, you're a latchkey. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, a a lot of of that, that,
3: you know, where I guess we're stepping back, which is good. Uh, where did that pull for you? I mean, we don't need to do full origin story here, but, but, you know, I think about that kind of thing a lot, especially we're on the older side here, you know, (laughs) talking about these things, what was it that pulled me into hardcore? Why was it attractive? Because, because to me, it, the thrill of it, the idea of this aggressive music and kind of, um, the, the anger processing, I guess, uh, was, was certainly fascinating despite the fact I never really had a desire to punch anyone in the head. Uh, and so some of the violence that just never appealed to me, but I was not, I was an angry kid an angry teenager. What was it to you that pulled you in, you know, to the best of your memory?
5: Um, I don't, I couldn't really say there was like some traumatic event that led me to hardcore, but I think that there's just like, you know, different degrees of of uh, you know. There's just you know some sort of like trauma, not fitting in, or maybe it doesn't have to be as extreme as a trauma. You know right, what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. like, but there's something Being about you that yeah, like maybe you just live with, you maybe your parents just moved to the wrong neighborhood and you just didn't relate to to the people that mm-hmm. lived in your neighborhood for for whatever reason. You know, you, you were the only kid like you. And you had trouble making friends or whatever. I think there was something that appealed to me um, about hardcore where it was uh, just seemed so shitty sounding that if I could play it that I, when I kind of decoded this like awful sounding thing, it was kind of like maybe at a later age, I tried to like expand my palette into jazz like I'm I I love jazz I appreciate it but I still wouldn't say like I'm fully into it so like hardcore sounds so terrible that I could like (laughs) penetrate it yeah yeah that I I felt like I owned something and and against my peers you know who were like thinking you know my, my age is like you know I remember going to high school with kids that were just like you know had metal haircuts and could rip a guitar and we're into these like kind of you know thrash metal bands that you know people now like um of course celebrate and they deserve celebration but they were thinking that this shit that took all this like musical talent and all this precision was some like really outrageous shit and then i would play like urban waste and it sounds like That's fucking crazy, awful like, yeah it sounds <laughs> insane yeah Yeah, and it's like this is what i like so deal with that you think your metal is fucking tough and you're dealing with like satan or something this is what i'm into here's public opinion yeah Yeah. and you don't even understand like i'm not dressing you're wearing like whatever tiger stripes and shit like that i'm wearing ripped jeans a t-shirt and i have a shaved head like you don't even know what angle i'm coming from and and um Like, you don't know if I'm punk, you don't get it. And, and I think I got, obviously, as I talk about it, I'm like getting off on like having this sort of like information and, um, you know, and, and looking for an identity, you know what I mean? At a time when I think, I think the trauma would have been, maybe I'd moved neighborhoods. I had lived in Rockaway and then I moved to a new neighborhood where I didn't know anybody. And, uh, you know, I was already into punk but I think when I met pe- people that were going to CBs and, and really were into hardcore and were, like, participating in the scene, um, I really – I think I really um, loved that sense of belonging to something. Yeah.
3: So we, uh, we actually – on our last episode, we had a, a friend of ours, Brian, younger guy, came on. And uh, our gimmick, the, the idea was, like – we're giving you the uh, the infinity gems, the, the Thanos gauntlet. You can do uh-huh, anything. Uh-huh. We, we throw these yeah. funny ideas at him. And he was, he, he's actually a diehard. He loves all the Revelation early stuff, big uh-huh, fan. Uh-huh. But he's in a bad, he was in a bad way about it. And he's like rethinking things. And he's like, and the question was, if you could snap out of existence one band and they didn't exist and therefore none of their influences exist and no no bands that came from them exist. And he chose youth of today. And, and my brain almost exploded because I was like, if there was no youth of today, that that's a pretty crazy thing to think about. Um,
1: Walter, it was, it was funny. We, so he said youth of today because this friend of ours is in a very, he came up a youth crew guy, very disillusioned with it right at the moment. And,
3: he was so texting he, me the next day. I think he's back in. It's all right.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, so, so he, he was yeah. to, to him. That was killing the head vampire. You know, that, that was okay. Uh, I but I, I
3: think he doesn't realize how much of a head vampire it was. Walter would, we, would, would Gorilla Biscuits started, have existed just without going today?
4: Yeah. Would Gorilla yeah. Biscuits have existed without you <laughs> to today? <laughs>
5: this, this guy was, was youth crew at
4: one time. Oh yeah. yeah like he, in bands and stuff like youth yeah. crew bands. Like yeah, he,
1: he, he loved it. And he loved all the parts of it that are like, profoundly stupid to me but he he always found them comforting and fun right like so like Uh, the almost pokemon like nature of of youth crew uh uh, clothing you know what i mean like the collecting nature uh, of things he loved all that found found it to be super fun for his whole youth now he's a grown man and he feels very disillusioned from it but that's in part because he doesn't realize that you're going to go through it you're gonna well, you're gonna go through a period of your life yeah, you're not youth anymore for sure, but you're gonna go through a period of your life where people just aren't making the type of music that hits to your brain and it's partly you and it's partly them and then uh-huh. you're gonna come back around when the influences yeah. that make sense to you or something wild that you've never thought of comes up and he's but he's in that that trow right now where', right. where just right. but it so it was you thinking
5: he he. His youth crew. Now he wants to get rid of youth. it sounds like a, I've seen it before. It's it's a self hating crew. He's <laughs> uh, he's. I've seen it happen before. And Pat, you're from Albany. I remember uh, thinking. Uh, I remember the first time I went to Albany, where um, what was uh, Sam McFeeders from? Forty yeah. uh, from
2: Born, from born, born Against. against. Yeah.
5: When I first when I first met Sam and I, you know, I don't I don't know I didn't know him well or, or anything like that, but I remember he had this really cool Dag Nasty shirt on and his hair was blonde and everybody up in, in Albany was like really into youth crew, like super yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't like this like t-shirt branding that you could like reflect upon yet. It was yeah. just like right. we're all doing something, we're all into something, and the motivation of this thing is positivity and, and uh, you know, friendship and anti-racism and all these things that, like, we can embrace and get behind, but yet there's still great mosh parts and all this kind of shit. And then I remember years later, Sam, you know, moving to New York and taking the absolute opposite tact right. to where he had become completely disillusioned with this thing that he had then been a part of. And and then, you know, kind of shoehorned horned that into Born Against, who I loved. I thought yeah. Born Against were amazing. Um, but it was like, it was such a reaction to, I guess, the popularity of, of what uh, Youth Crew had, had kind of taken over or, or dominated. And, you know, even with, obviously with my own participation in it you know, I don't know if that's the right word, but, but like we actually, there was so much about, um, you know, this thing that just was really happening. It was like, now it seems so like in a way like amazingly calculated or put together or masterminded. And yet it was like, just us like doing things, you know? And, (laughs) um, and so like, and it became really popular. And so you have all these like little markers of like, Record collecting, T-shirts. Uh, you know what kind of messenger bag you have, like your sneakers, your all right. these like fashion cues, and um, you know, like the idea of, of youth today to me was like, again, I, th- I guess it's like about joining something, you know, mm. which is another interesting aspect of it, is because like here you're coming to this hardcore scene, and it wasn't long that I was into the hardcore scene that you know i think stuff we were talking about a few minutes ago but like a lot of like what the way you make it in this scene is about being violent you know what i mean and like you couldn't you couldn't wear like a, a cccp t-shirt at cbgb's and like leave you would get right. beat up for that um you couldn't um uh you know yeah you, you there's all these different things a lot of it was violence i don't know that i would have like lasted you know without um and and the music wasn't particularly good when i first started going to shows because the scene the scene that we you know we talk about and i think people now especially you're talking about kids listening to your podcast is like all this information is coming to them at one time whereas like when i got into it it was like that cache of records of like the early dc records you know the touch and go records um you know the new york records so you have these like you know maybe 25 like really important records and then all those bands were like i said older so all those guys had like gone to college overdosed on drugs or whatever that whole scene is done you know what mm-hmm. i mean when i started going to shows and um and the bands that were like cool like the chromags or af you know they were trying to find larger audiences in a way you know because they had kind of like reached the end of the road with where Harker was. So they weren't really focused on this. So between the violence and the lack of like really kind of exciting music in New York city, like, I don't know how much longer I would have lasted had not youth, had not Ray of today kind of taken all of that stuff like and and encompassing like definitely like all the Boston stuff. I mean, you're like SSD. That's why people know what that is. People antidote, like, like Ray was a record collector, dude. He knew all about that shit. Like all the people that had made it, you know, had created those records were pretty much over it. I mean, you look at like touch and go, they're releasing, they're not releasing fucking hard Necro's records. the, the, The late,
3: the late era Necro's records that are, are not, not, they're not conquest for death.
5: <laughs> they're right. not. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're just like you know. Not to make it about like what the quality of the music was, but it's like it wasn't what I looked at. Like in my eyes, like I wanted to be in that world. That mm-hmm. world did not exist. You know what I mean? Or I, I look at United Blood. Like I want to be in that world. Ray Capo and you Today. You know, we took all those records and you know made up this band with all these like fucking awesome slogans and all yeah. all these. these you know i wasn't thinking about wow this is an awesome slogan it's more like off you go to see them play live and ray capo comes up and he's like you know your parents expect too much from you your friends expect too much from you you're fucking you know whatever expect too much maria i got one thing to say to you get the fuck off my back. <laughs> and you're just like, what? what
3: the fuck? Yeah. Every, like every 16 year old in the world who hears that just has to explode.
5: It's just like, yes, dude. Yeah. yeah. And it's this like, um, it's a call to fucking arms. And the music is like, not trying to like appeal to like metalheads or like any other audience. It's just like saying like, this is the cause, you know what I mean? And it's about hardcore and it's like, what's, um, you know, kind of like, um, he was kind of like too hardcore. I mean, I I wouldn't want to diminish it in a way, but like say what, um, I want to think of a good example of like a band that kind of like takes a whole catalog of a genre and embodies it and, and shows people that this is dope. Like I mean I
3: I, like I think up. Youth of today. Oh, yeah. I think youth of today, it's like um those dudes, Ray, Porcella, I mean the schism fans and stuff, they canonized the first generation of hardcore. They said, Hey, yes. this is this listen. is the records, these are the that things you need to listen to. Right. And and it defined it and like low key, they don't get credit for that the way they deserve. And Dude,
4: totally it's
3: totally. kind of crazy. When you when you because stop and think bigger. about it, yeah.
4: I mean, yeah, they became bigger than those influences. So it's kind of like S- us knowing SSD is cool, is because of Ray. But like, today is bigger than SSD. ever was.
3: I, I wonder. I wonder if you like. I think that might even be hard for people to, for those. Two. I wonder if you said like he might acknowledge it because he might know. But like, I think about saying that like those are like oh, is Youth of Today bigger than Minor Threat? No, but like, did more people know about Minor Threat because of Youth of Today? Yeah, yeah, they Understand. did. You know. Um,
5: For sure. I mean, minor threat. Is, I mean, again, minor threat is in the, 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 be, you know, that we're talking about hardcore and that, you know, I'm, I'm 51 years old and I'm talking about this shit. Like, this is a music form that is, is, is like legit. Like, it's like, again, I'm going to talk about jazz. Like, obviously, jazz is, is, has some sort of place in, uh, kind of a higher society. It's, it's, it's a, maybe a class thing. Um, where, you know, like this sort of like small club music is taken and, and, and commodified in such a way that it's like, you have to pay a lot of money for drinks to see a cool jazz combo. But at the same time, you could see a jazz combo play, you know, in your local bookstore or something like that. And it's, and it's low key. So it's like high and low brow or uh, low art. Um, in some ways, I think hardcore is like, will never find its way into the, into the highbrow ever. You know, except in, in its influence on culture, you know what yeah. I mean? Which is like, you take Minor Threat and you look at those records and it's not just the songs, which are fucking awesome songs. They're great songs, right. great lyrics. Like they are just, they're, it's just music, dude. I would send it up in a, in a satellite up to or whatever, one of these Voyager fucking things for people to understand people. Right. I would say, listen to In My Eyes. It's a dope song. It kind of will get you psyched. And it, there's there's some truth there to it, that this is humans in 1981. Um, but, but like um, what Ray did, um, uh, he kind of, all those people like Ian and, and all those OG dudes that were like older than us had moved on, dude. The scene either like, they musically got past it. They, other things came up in their lives. or or whatever and Ray just scooped it all up made his own little version of it that is and I would say a goddamn good version of it and and as a live performer um Ray was transcendent there was just nobody coming with that kind of um it, it was just you'd be kidding yourself to say that that it wasn't good but it might not fit you you know just in the way that like some sort of band like, you know, anarcho punk band, I could maybe like appreciate, like I love Discharge or something like that, but I was not going to put on the the outfit for that. I wasn't going to do the things that would really authenticate my Discharge type person experience. I just, I wasn't going to do it. I knew I'm too middle whatever class or I don't know, too whatever I am. um, to, to, to feel comfortable with that. So I think youth today, you want to, if, if you want to get rid of youth today, then you've got to get rid of so much stuff. It's insane, but I like everything. I mean, honestly,
3: after, (laughs) after even, even the reactionary stuff, we talk about that. And like, there's this lineage where you can look at hardcore as it goes in waves. And so many things are reactions to other things. If you remove that it's it's like removing a gear out of a clock. Like you can take certain things off a clock, but if you take out that gear, the whole thing stops spinning.
4: And just to be I, clear, I agree. Well, Brian's take was that like when he was thinking about like snapping Youth of Today out of existence, it wasn't a reflection on them. It was a reflection on the stuff that came – the bad stuff that came after. But yeah. then when we were kind of like – but then Judge wouldn't happen. And then maybe quicksand doesn't happen. Maybe this uh, just because it was like, it was such a linchpin in hardcore that so much stuff grew off of that. Like, then he was kind of like, oh shit, I might have.
1: (laughs) I I
4: just lost.
5: I I just don't think you throw the the baby out with bathwater here. Like, it's uh, sure. I mean, I, I could be, I mean, obviously, I was really into it. If anyone's like, can speak to like, you know, being into it and then being like not into it. Like I was, I'm, I'm pretty early in that too, you know, like um, there was a point where it was, and and obviously for Ray himself, it was like, he wanted to get on with spirituality. He no longer saw the appeal in, um, you know, I was really psyched when we went out and played and I just thought like, I want to convert every scene in America. And then I want to convert every scene in Europe to our, kind of program, which is like, and you know, I was a bass player, so I'm more of a soldier than <laughs> right. than, a, than, than a, a, a leader. But um, I just thought like everyone should know who Sick of It All is. Everyone should be listening to the Cro-Mags. No one should be listening to this band. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, setting the parameters, like, why are you listening to that? That's not hardcore. This is hardcore. You should know. Um, and we're here to sort of, um, I, I don't know if it's like, a colonial project but um, you know we're kind trying to
2: destiny.
5: like yeah we're trying <laughs> to like expand like this New York thing which was like I, I think you guys are younger than me I don't know how much you experienced it but um, for like a summer or two it was such a, a wonderful mix of, of, uh, of different kinds of bands like Ray came in he didn't say like alright everyone's got a straight edge and that's what's going to happen no dude he said everybody's in yeah. And everybody's going to be lifted together by um, you know, every week you'd be like, and, and there was definitely bands that I thought like, shit, we got to like, we got to, we got to out mosh those dudes. We got to take those motherfuckers out because if their ideology wins, we won't <laughs> be the guys. You <laughs> right. I mean. so, so we have to learn how to top that mosh because it's really fucking good. And, um, <laughs> and so like that was going on and that's beautiful. And, 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 you know, I'm not saying like, you know, youth of today is, um, uh, I don't know. I don't want to just like heap so much, but like there, you just got to deal with it. You just got to deal with it. And, and, and accept the fact like that, um, you got to give Ray credit for like at a time when the whole shit was collapsing on itself. He said, no, dude, don't forget antidote rule. Don't forget. Right. You know, don't forget that these records, these records like were made by kids. They yeah. already look like 50 years old, but they were made three years ago. Look yeah. at read the fucking thanks list. Look at this. Look at the detail on this record that how it's different from the next pressing. Why did they press another one? Why, why did they, they change that? the color? And and why, how does this person know that person? And what is that about? And like all of these things were baked into it. And the t-shirt thing, for sure, I would credit more, um, uniform choice with kind of like making that such a, right, a that. Uh, an aspect that kind of like, you know, which I could criticize for sure. Like the, the kind of like, oh shit, I got to get that t-shirt with the thing on the thing. And the then I'm going to be, right.
2: Right.
5: yeah, that I'm going to feel like I'm in the, the crew. You could say that's just like, you know, naked consumerism brought into some holy place. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I could see that argument, but um, the, the the concept behind it was to, like, let's make a dope T-shirt that gets me psyched, that has, like, a picture of the, our fucking band. Like, we're teenagers. Like, there's a picture of th- these other fucking nerds in my high school are just, like, doing <laughs> stupid shit. I'm going to this psycho place in the Lower East Side, and, I'm, and, and we're da- climbing on each other. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and now I have a fucking t-shirt with the picture of that on it. Yeah. And like, these kids are, these fools are not going to understand that. And I love it, you know, cause that's a special, special place to be in. You, you can't, even if you know where it is, there's a, a very high chance that you won't like it, or it's not for you, or you're right. not cut out for it. Or like the music will sound like garbage to you, but if you get through it, it's fascinating. That's where you could be talking about it when you're in your fucking 50s, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. And still be dissecting it because it's right. a reflection of, it's a reflection of, of our, of our society and, and, and whatever our, our you know, our, our, as our individual human stories play out, it's playing out on this stage. And it's like, not just about the bands, uh, it, it's about all these different facets to it, you know?
1: Uh, w- Walter, I, I, uh, you touched on a thing that is exactly at the core of my next question, which is, uh, this is Walter 2021, 20, uh, you know, a, a, a grown grown man. Uh, you're very magnanimous about when you talk about hardcore, it's with enthusiasm and it's, it's with a, uh, the kind of the same kind of deference that we've got on the show typically, where you can call something bad if it's bad, but you typically it's it, it you recognize what an influence it's had on your life, and it makes for a good conversation. Everybody's having a good time, but I want to know: was there a time where you said, "I'm not just I'm not just not interested right now," but fuck this shit? You know what I mean? Like, did you have that dark night of the soul where it it, it you said?
0: Ah,
5: uh, fuck it. Um, there was when Gorilla Biscuits played uh, our, you know, our last show technically. And it was sort of like an afterthought. We had really not really played in a, in a, in a long while anyway, but you know, we're still, I was doing quicksand. And basically when I did quicksand, the, the record label was like, dude, you can't be doing this little hardcore band of yours. It's not going to work. We need you full time. You're going to be touring 300 days a year and so I was kind of put on me, you know, where I could... It was a transitional time where I was like, fuck, you know, I'm on a major label doing this shit now and they're going to pay for my apartment. Like, I could fucking, you know... Yeah. I, I mean, I was a little nervous about it in a way because it seemed like, wow, this is on another level, but I'd be a fucking asshole to not
2: Go for do it. it. Yeah. So
5: anyway, long story short. Um, so Grillbus gets played and I remember someone just getting stabbed at our show. And mm. and just feeling like people are getting stabbed at a Gorilla Biscuit show? Like what what is the, what is going on? Like th- this is just not my world anymore and I, I gotta take a break for it. I don't know if that would be as far as me saying, well, fuck it, you know, I don't like it. I can be critical of it, you know what I mean? Because I think like it was violent when I got there and there was people being stabbed and that was, again, baked into the whole thing. But I I think where I was as a person, it's like I would rather go to chiller parties now, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. where there's people having conversations about stuff that's, uh, you know, that that aren't going to likely break into that kind of that kind of violence or or whatever. You know, I think people I went in as a teenager and I kind of came out in my 20s where, you know, I had like other shit to explore.
1: You just – its that's fascinating that you're just like – I've never heard you, and I tried doing a little research to find you saying something <clears throat> negative, but you're just not that negative a dude.
5: Um, I just don't see the point in – I mean, it, it's like what is there to say about it that's negative? I mean, it's a bunch of <clears> – <throat> I think that I could be crit- critical of it. I could say that there are certain things that I didn't recognize or understand about it um, at the time that would maybe bar entrance if certain c- circumstances were different. Um, you know, I was really into the ska scene when mm-hmm. uh, in New York at the same time that I was into the hardcore scenes. This is like 85 or something like that. And the ska scene had girls and people were dancing and having fun. It was fucking awesome. You know, when you went to the ska scene, it was like there's all these cute girls. Everyone's just like goofing off, Violing. and I I loved ska music. Yeah. And, and it's right. and so uh, and hardcore is like this other kind of like fantasy that you're playing out. You know what I mean? And um, you know, and I, I think that I ended up just going hardcore. You know, could could where would I have gone if I just went full ska? I don't know. You I'd love know. to know.
3: Full <laughs> <Both> Scott <laughs> yeah. Walter's an interesting alternate timeline.
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I think with um, so basically, I think my thing with hardcore is this: is that it's about you know people, kids doing doing their thing with like a limited set of tools, and like it's more about uh, sort of philosophical ideas that I think were like kind of laid down more or less, you know, somewhere between, you know, Ian McKay and, and, and Black Flag where you have this sort of one hand, this sort of like tight sort of philo- philosophical idea of like how you should make things, how, what, what kind of social commentary you might take, you know, wh- wh- how, are, how are songs constructed? What's the intent behind it? And, um, you know, I think on the Black Flag side of it, it's a different kind of art project. And you know, th- and there's definitely millions of polls in b- in between that um or or, or, or around that, but I, I, those are the first two that I think of, but that is just like they're just ideas. So if I'm not like into hardcore, I don't know, it's just like kind of weird. it's like it's just a thing. you know, it's like a like why would I be against it? What am I trying to like purge myself of? The only thing I would say is like I could have been in the a- in the ska scene and maybe like shit would have been a lot more interesting. I would have probably. I probably maybe would have had a girlfriend earlier or something. Right. I, I And maybe Your it maybe would have been, a lot endeavors more fun. Might have been
3: different. You know, it's interesting.
5: I might not have, I might not have done any of this shit. I mean, there, the Scott scene kind of had, when the Scott scene peaked professionally, I would have missed that completely. I would have been out of it long before that. So, right. you know, so you could say I zigged when I should have zagged. I don't know, you know, but I, I still wouldn't dismiss this thing where I have like all these, I I still think the music form is is still so amazing and still vital and um, kind of, it's like this toolbox is just sitting there for every person, young next generation to to pick up. And, and, and it's not something that like, obviously you guys are not teenagers either. So it's like, you guys are still finding what's interesting about it. And what's interesting about it is also, you know, what you like and what you don't like. And that's part of it too, you know, like, uh, like with, with, you, you know, in hardcore, like at first I got the records that I got and some of them I bought. So I had to fall in love with anyway, and it didn't yes. have any choice. Yeah. And because you owned, some you of them, to them, some I found out later, they were uncool and I try to keep it to myself a little bit <laughs> that I'm a fan <laughs> of that. Um, but, um, you know, all those things are like in me and they're a part of me. And so like, I can understand like if you, you know, your friend that like, felt sort of, you know, if I like was looking at my youth crew experience, I guess in the same way that I, I'm kind of going back to this ska idea, you know, like I could have been ska. And instead I was like hanging out with a bunch of dudes talking about, you know, different pressings of fucking, you know, whatever record. Um, but I don't care. I think that's cool shit to do. For sure. I love that. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's, it's, you're talking about life, you know, like different Singers, different bands represent different ideas and they're able to pull them off in different ways. And, you know, when it all comes together and you have a record that, you know, hits you and to the point where you're like willing to like risk being punched in the head to like express yourself or, or willing to like literally dive off of a stage and no one catch you and be like a fucking, possibly a paraplegic because you need to, express you need to live out this feeling that that is injected into this record that's like from a pure non um from a place of like there's no careerism in it if you're if you're a careerist in hardcore you're naive at best like it's just not gonna for the people that are doing it it's it's a very hard uh thing to do but it's like made by kids and 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 it's just Kind of fucking awesome. Like I just don't think people appreciate it enough in a way.
4: Yeah, agreed.
5: Yeah,
4: that's why we know, but then but
5: it's but it's our thing. That's yeah, that's the upside of it. I mean, you know, ska ska had a cool popular moment where if you talk to the regular, you know, kid in America and said, Hey, do you like ska? They would go like, Yeah, no doubt, rules. And it's like ska's ruined. Uh, you know, <laughs> we have we have to bury it now for like you know thirty, uh, forty years maybe.
3: I mean, the hair Parkour metal for,
5: hasn't,
3: ha- the hair metal hair metal hasn't for you. The hair metal for you was the ska scene when I was in high school. You know, because the third, you know, that 90s too easy. ska. That's right. you know everybody, and they're all listening to. Real big fish, and uh, and I was like, no, I, I think I'll take this Youth of Today record. And I don't have bondage oh. pants on and a spiky spiked hair, but I've got a plain sweater, and you don't know, you don't know what angle I'm coming
4: from. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Tom, where were you going to go? Um, do you want to get into some like nitty gritty stuff? Well, I mean, this has been. Grit, grit me out, bro. So go. all right. Because we have some questions that, like, I want to know some moon stuff. Like if um, we want to get that deep into it, um, sure. our friend Bjorn um, from Rise and Fall had he was like, "I have I have moon questions. Can you ask Walter a couple moon dog questions?" I was like, of course. Um, do we want to go back to GB first? And talk I, about I got a GB question, get? and then maybe, maybe we can
3: f- fast forward. Then we'll go forward. Do you have a moment with GB where you were like, "I think we're pretty good"? Like, is there yes. a moment you can remember? Yeah
5: yes um i thought and and it's funny because i was just reading reviews of uh of this record like we had made a demo and i thought the demo was the best that we could do but i didn't think it was on the level of like what sick of it all we're doing or you know i mean for people that know this shit so i'm just going to talk about it as if everyone knows Mm-hmm. Who I'm talking about? If they don't, but, um, they
3: pause and they look it up, which is part of the fun of the podcast. So okay. in the weeds. Okay.
5: Okay. Good. Well, they were like sick of it all. Just keep it to that. Most people, I hope, know know who they are. But their demo was just so dope and so like well produced, and just everything about it was so sharp and like immediately in my mind, like to the level of like they were on Youth Today's level, at least in terms of like their how good their songs were. And so, and we weren't like a scene band. Like we were from Jackson Heights. We were like, kind of like a sub genre to token entry who were almost like a little bit at that time, like not in the central kind of pack of the scene in a way.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: And, um, so anyway, we made this demo. I thought it was okay. I, I didn't think it sucked or anything, but I just felt like we were kind of like not the, the band to watch. And, um, and then we had a, for some like uh revelation asked us to be on the compilation. And, um and I thought, you know, we've got to, we got to dig out whatever we've got, man, we've got to make this fucking count. This is like, I don't even know why the hell they're asking us. Cause we are just like not worthy literally. And um so we had one song called better than you on our demo. And I just kind of like, from listening to all the shit I was listening to, and just like from the skill that I had, I just worked on editing that song and making it a sharper song. Like it had this kind of weird, like initially on the demo. I think it's on the demo. Had this kind of like da 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 da. da yeah, hey, right. Da, da. Like a flash, it was, right? It was like this. I don't know who wants to master that. It's just so weird. Cabaret. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like hey yeah da. <laughs> Oh, and, and, and yeah, it's very cabaret. And so I kind of like switched that. I recognized the weakness in that and uh, kind of ripped, um, I think antidote or maybe a negative approach. I think it was antidote. Which yeah, I think is right. job lot maybe. Yes. Um, and, I can't uh, find a job because there's no work.
3: Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. So I think took the the kind of punch of that and rewrote the song and um and then we recorded it and it was the first time we had ever recorded eight track like our demo was live we went to don Fury's recorded so then i doubled my guitar and you know i don't know i know pat's a musician you guys i mean you guys are all have done music you guys stuff yeah so yeah so so hearing your guitar doubled when you're like 16 years old (laughs) with these loud ass speakers in front of you yeah it was like, what the fuck? We rule, and <laughs> and, um, and Siv early on like had this um, squeak effect mm-hmm. that I think that I think we used to good uh, on like the vocals. We just I really worked on the lyrics too. Like I tightened up the lyrics really hard, and um, and so I thought this is our first good thing like i didn't think that we were the best but i thought that we were in the game now and um and that that was exciting i I read reviews of it though funny because i was reading this um this good and plenty fanzine uh thing i don't know (laughs) if you guys know about that yeah and just people people writing reviews like i fucking hate this bankroll this (laughs) gets better than you who the fuck are these assholes (laughs) these are the straight-edge dicks that we despise and um (laughs) And, uh, and to me, I thought they were missing the the point. The idea was like better than you, like we're better than you because we're not going to get into your violence
3: yeah, yeah, trip, bullshit. Right.
5: but, the, but the narrative was already there for like straight edge kids are these elitist dicks. So, uh, you know, and we weren't even really straight edge, straight edge. We wanted to be like, I would have loved to have been like in the, the, the cool click. But like I said, we weren't, we were on the yeah. outskirts.
3: Um, Tom, you got a GB, or you want me to hit him with? I, I think I have two more GB questions for for efficiency. If you got anything, then we can hit
4: Moon. Yeah, up. I mean, right? Uh, do we have anything? Was there an unreleased GB record? Was that? I think we were going to. Well, so, about so that. yeah. Um, let's let's go. Yes. Let's go here first. There were an NF- there was going to be an in effect grill business. Re- what, yes.
3: Start. Sorry. Uh, let's go here first. Start today. Ian Mackay almost produced it you guys wanted him to produce it is that true or In, just a rumor
5: uh, No that that was i almost no i don't i think definitely wasn't going to would be a closer right yes. <laughs> way to describe it but us <laughs> wanting him to yeah. yes yeah <laughs> um but he was very cool about it i think um a friend of mine had told me that he was a fan of the seven inch or he had said nice things about it yeah. Uh, Cause he was at like, uh, I guess yesterday and today was the record, la- the store there or something, whatever, whatever the record store was in DC where he would hang out. Right. And so I, obviously I was like super stoked that, that he, you know, it, within the New York Canon, which I don't think like Ian was much of a fan of it, uh, yeah. that he, he gave reserved some praise for us was awesome. And then I think Jordan kind of put me up to calling Ian as like, dude, he is not going to do this. Um, and so I called him up and just like gulped voice breaking, you know, um, cold calling E. Makai to, um, to, 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 uh, produce the Grobsky record. And he was really cool about it. And, you know, said like, yeah, he really liked the, the, um, the seven inch. He made a critique of New York hardcore that goes, I just don't understand why you guys always have to slow down the song in the middle of it. Like, like why, why do you do that? I, I just don't, I love what you're doing, but I, I just don't like this thing in New York where they slow it down. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's called a fucking mosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, my dad up, Gramps. Come on, yeah. Gramps. Um, and uh, so, but you know, he was really cool. We had a good long conversation about why he wouldn't do it. Um, other reasons were, um, that he had, he had done, um,
3: he did verbal the, assault, uh, right?
5: He had done verbal assault, which was my thinking that he might, by some crazy reason do it. He said he did verbal assault as a favor to Kevin, uh, seconds because it was on positive force. And he complained about that. He produced Henry Rollins and that Henry Rollins put his name too big on mm. the record that he had produced. So he was a little bit miffed about that so you know yeah that's it, 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 understandable if i produced henry rollins and he put my name too big on it like yeah i mean dude what are you trying to make this about me you know like <laughs> the, 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 there's, these are ian Mackay problems um but uh he was he was very gracious about it and 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 again going back to ian as like a sort of he's sort of like a noam chomsky figure i think to, to our, our scene like he he has he's like such an originator of like the kind of philosophical structural reasons why this is the kind of art that he, he considers, you know, that, that he will accept in some way. And, um, you know so he he had reasons why he wasn't going to produce the Grilled Biscuit record and he explained them all to me. I mean a simple a no would have been also
3: cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting when you get explained the no and it's like, "Oh man, yeah. maybe maybe brevity would have been all right here too." Okay. Yeah,
5: maybe you could just said, "No, I'm too busy." You could have made up a fucking story. Yeah,
3: like, <laughs> "Hey, hey uh, yo, you know what? I just got uh, some other things going on, but your band got is great." And it's a different thing, <laughs> yeah. you know.
5: Yeah, yeah, it's just the timing's not right, but I wish wish you the luck. You guys are going to be fine without, you know. And he said stuff like that.
3: But uh but that
5: was my first conversation with, with Ian Mackay and and Alex Brown and was there with me. So what did he say, dude? What do you
4: think he said? No, <laughs> come on. Uh,
5: email yeah,
4: based but too. Yeah, that's what kind of yeah yeah.
5: You, you, you could have just shot off an
4: email now and just you know yeah back then yeah. have to actually have that conversation with somebody. Yeah. when I when yeah. I was sixteen
3: in nineteen ninety eight, I, I called called Discord to interview him and left a message with whoever's there. And he called me back. I still have the note that my father wrote with his name and phone, Ian M question mark. And his the phone number incredible. at 16. I then was way too intimate. I don't know how i got the guts up to call, but I just did. I never did the call back though. So
5: <laughs> can you imagine how many, how many breaking voice, like kids voices Ian McKay has heard over the years? Oh, I mean, he's, yeah. he's incredible. I mean, like,
3: Still responds to all mail, still responds to all emails directly, personally. Like he is, he,
5: in that regard, I mean, his whole musical canon, I mean, I I have mad respect for it and super influenced by, but like as a sort of public figure or public figure makes it sound like smaller than it is. He's like, um, you know, a griot, like in, in, you know he has wit, like sort of a story and a, a way of looking at the world that he's down to keep nurturing people that come from under, you know, for generations below. And um, it's fucking nuts, dude. Who does that? People, I like to be like that. I try to be cool like that. And I think I'm, I'm all right. I'm not de- dealing with the volume that he's dealing with, but you, I don't know that you, I hope you can't just like get my phone number and fucking call me or no. all these people <laughs> so. these people all these people you see ian Mackay like on the front porch on discord house with and i'm just like dude how <laughs> the fuck does he do that if someone's like a good friend wants to come over my house take a picture on my on my porch i'd be like all right you know okay that's weird but let's do
3: it but like some <laughs> strangers, strangers start pulling up to your house some, you'd be like i don't know about this guys like yeah I'm like going on this dude
5: from some like boyfriend and girlfriend from like Argentina, and I'm gonna like gonna go because they rang my doorbell. I'm gonna you know give them a tour. Like that is cool. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. fucking cool.
3: Okay, so Tom, you were getting into this because I think this was the 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 question that we've circled a bunch, but also it's just kind of sitting in the ether. GB is on the in effect video with uh, mm-hmm. what is it AF and at right?
2: Yeah.
4: Walter on bass. For G.B. on yeah. bass, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. For
4: Sally, TC3. TC3, Sammy, right. Yeah. Right, was it Sammy? Yeah. Sammy at Sammy, yep. 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 yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah. Was there... The, we, go ahead. We call that the professional lineup.
3: <laughs> was, <laughs> was there an LP planned? Were you guys in the midst of it? Because there's also, like, I won't go full nerd here, but there's, like, live tapes that have, you know, the Cowboys song, et cetera, like yeah. these songs that never yeah. came out. So were there plans and we actually, Tom, I think we skipped over Moondog. So we'll go backtrack. Was there a GB plan record planned slash? Did you make any advancement towards that?
5: Uh, Maybe, but I I think, yeah, there were some songs and I, I think we rehearsed some stuff, but it was like, there was not the same kind of drive for me personally. And I was also kind of scattered with, you know, quicksand like becoming a thing and also just like, physically, you know, uh, because we were going into a different realm. Uh, and so my writing was different. Um, a lot of the things that, you know, with GB, like a lot of those, um, kind of, uh, you know, that feeling of being in this crew and like our whole thing had kind of, um, you know, that had kind of passed, you know what I mean? And, and I think, um, I would have had to really, uh, after, you know, you kind of do hold your ground. Like I just didn't, I couldn't think of like how to hold my ground any harder than we had already done it. I, I just didn't have any like real idea about what the next step was. And I think with hardcore, I felt, and and probably from going from like Ray's example and probably like every friggin' example of all these hardcore bands, like it's a thing that burns brightly, but not, not for a long time. You know, I mean like most hardcore bands have an EP that's, cool or promising and an album. And if they have a second album, that's pretty awesome, but it starts to really taper off after that. It's just hard to keep the intensity and enthusiasm for this kind of thing. And I, I so I think, yeah, we had some songs. Um, maybe they could have been awesome, but I, I guess I just didn't really have the the, the stuff for it. it that really kind of came, that kind of came back into effect Later with Civ, like that kind of got sparked up again in me, where I, I like had enough distance from it that i I kind of felt like I could summon up that emotion in a, in a real genuine and like fun way, you know, um, and that so
4: yeah, that actually goes to a question that we get asked all the time and we think Do about we think, and we think about it. And we'll go back to moon Dog. Um, would set your goals have been? the second GB LP, like it, would, would that have fit in that kind of canon? Ooh,
1: this, I, this, this is a moment because we, we, have been speculating so on this, this for so because, long. I, because I, I almost don't opinion, want the answer. No,
3: we got, <laughs> we got to clear it up. My opinion <laughs> is that just based on where you guys were at, I don't know that you would have had that same sort of like infectious, upbeat energy that set your goals LP has, you know? Um, but I don't know. you, you'd be the better person to answer this question.
5: My vibe on it was that um, the, the gorilla biscuits thing was like perfectly encased in Amber. Like this was just like, I mean, by that time it wasn't, I wasn't so aware of the kind of the growing uh, I mean, maybe I wasn't to some degree, but like that GB was kind of living beyond its, its time, you know, to some to some degree. So that, that I was starting to become aware of that to some degree, but I just didn't want to fuck with it. So if we made like a, a gorilla biscuit album, um, you know, then you have the baggage of like, okay, well, do I like this better than start today? Like, I don't like, you know, who's in the band now, or like, you know, there's all this, it opens up all these things for you to kind of like interpret it, it, it before you even hear it in a way that you're, you know, you have the benefit of like, oh, it's new gorilla biscuit So some people would just go, I'm in. Um, but for me, I felt like, why fuck with that? And I just thought it would be more fun to have it, you know, Siv wasn't singing in a band and we were all good friends and, um, to kind of build it more, you know, how Rollins band had Rollins, you know, rather than like, you know, if the third Rollins band was, was a black flag record or something, you know, whatever, I don't know. Right, if that's right, a good, right. good parallel
3: to No, it. it's, it's good but, actually.
5: But, um, I thought it would be more fun for anybody that's into Gorilla Biscuits. The band is called Civ. So they obviously know that's the dude from Gorilla Biscuits. So if, you, if you're up for it, here you are. If you like it, if it's better than you think it is, then that's a plus. If you think it's bullshit, well, you still have Gorilla Biscuits and you can, can do other stuff. And it also freed, freed up the, the format to be like, we can do these really cool hardcore songs with complete commitment and abandon. Yeah. And still do poppy songs and, and people will just have to fucking deal with it and, yeah. and, and, and have, and have to have be full, full, you know, commitment to both of those things and, and, and give the love and, the and, and give the joy to those things and make it kind of a more interesting project than just something that's, um okay, well, you know, obviously the context of like making a grill Biscuit, hardcore record, second record, just the context of it, it's just like very heavy.
2: Daunted, and this right. and
5: Yeah, and, and and the Civ thing was just about fun. You know what I mean? And um, and also I thought it was really cool, although, you know, just really worked out really awesomely mm-hmm. because like Mike Gitter from uh, Who Wrote Triple X Fanzine mm-hmm. yep, uh, was, shot, not, was runner, yeah. yeah, because of all the, you know, Nirvana, all that kind of shit he was an AR guy now at, at uh, Atlantic. And, uh, you know, there was other hardcore alumni that were major label people. So, you know, at this point, Green Day is like cleaning up across America with this, this same band that had played Gilman the year before, or, or you know, or whatever, two years ago. And so the, the world in some ways had been kind of like prepped for some new sounds. And I, I kind of got off on, on the idea of, um, taking like hardcore songs, like real hardcore songs, like Et Tu Brute or Do Something or some of the, some of the records on uh, songs on that record that are just like real hardcore Raiders, songs are yeah. cool. And, and, um, and taking that to the masses in a way um, and, and see what they made of it. While, you know, maybe kind of also doing something really fun and weird, like uh, can't wait one minute more, which is like, sort of harkens to start today in a way, mm-hmm. but is just way more, new wavy and Adam and the ants and just kind of far out. I don't think we could have got away with that if we called it Gorilla Biscuits, but I think we had all the benefit of it by, by calling it Sid.
4: Makes sense. Walter. was
1: Oh uh, uh, oh, no, go ahead, Tom.
4: No, I mean, my, was the plan for you always just to kind of like get it started, like and be on that one record and kind of like send it out, you know, and then be like, next record is on you guys. I'm just going to go back to, because did it kind of? I'm trying to think if it dovetailed with the with manic compression. It was around the same time, like after um, uh, set your goals and then. Right? I I didn't quite get all of that question. Sorry, um,
5: but but if it if it's maybe just tell me say it again. Cause sure, not sure, sure, sure. Being.
4: Um, so was the thought, like, was for you to, like, kind of write this record, get the band started, and then, like, send it off on its own journey while you kind of went and did your own stuff separately?
5: Well, I was on under contract with for Quicksand. So I, my feeling was to right. – I guess I was kind of being a little bit sneaky about it because I didn't want to um, – I didn't really want that to become, like, a contractual thing with, where – I'm starting to do this thing and now it's going to get pulled into my contract and you know, all all this kind of stuff. So I just wanted to do it kind of low key and see how it all worked out. But I had like a master plan. Like basically I thought we just, you know, it's just like any kind of cool band. It's like where you have your friend group and you guys just get each other's like, jokes and you have your own sure. kind of in all that kind of shit you know when you're like when your band is good and everyone's having fun and, and getting along and the shit comes together that energy we really had that at that time between me and the other dudes in the band and uh you know my roommate was charlie grega at that time and he was like my tech on quicksand tours and so we were just fucking tight having fun being young in new york city rocking and so that energy kind of hits that that, that, that initial seven inch. Um, and then ultimately when we got offered to do an album, I was like, yeah, bet this is great. This is exactly what I w- would hope a- to have happened.
4: Fucking cool, cool. Cool. Pat, sorry. No,
1: no, it's all right. I, I, uh, I'm actually going to build on what you just said, which is you had a plan. How many times has a plan come together perfectly in your career? Is it, uh, because well, you just touched on something. I, I saw you smile a little because it is so damn fulfilling when you have a vision in your head. And like, obviously I think you and I would both agree. It's also fulfilling to work with other people and have that vision change over time and, and go in different directions. But there's something just wildly unique about having a, an idea in your head and then it actually manifest as you intended. Now it seems Dude, like it was, pl- cra- it was
5: crazy. It was crazy.
1: Has that happened?
5: It was crazy. I mean,
1: before or after, has it happened ever again? Um,
5: I think that was more the most surreal one because it, because wait, can we one minute more? We like made the video ourselves, and it was Mm -hmm. getting played on MTV like five times a day. What what, when that when that meant something, right? You know what I mean? Uh, And it was topical and. It was made by us, dude. Like hardcore, you fucking make your own shit. Like the guy who directed it came to—he's a friend of mine. He was in Bad Trip, Marcos Siega. Right, right. and he said, "I've got," you know, he knew the song. He's like, "I've got a great idea for this video." You know, Ricky Lake was really happening at that time, mm-hmm. and he came up with this really cool concept. And so, uh, me, Siv, and and uh, Marcos put up, I think, ten thousand dollars between the three of us. Wow. Invited the whole whole hardcore scene down. <laughs> For this video, that if it did get played on MTV, it was not getting played anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, we we would have just spent $10,000 to make a cool video and have a cool party with our friends. Um, And so, to see that thing get on MTV, you know, which maybe sounds corny to your listeners, they don't understand, like, you know, if they weren't around MTV at that time, but that was really the the only, that that was the most massive way for anyone to become aware of something. Absolutely. Um, at that time. So it was just kind of surreal and that was a sick plan coming together. I, I was, I do, I'm grateful <laughs> for that. Um, but other ones were just more like, um, well, I mean, there's all kinds of like, I like that girl. I want that girl to like me. And then that works. That's a cool, yeah, that's, that's happened, a good one,
2: right? Yeah, That's, that, that's
5: happened a few times. <laughs> um, and then there was, um, uh, yeah. I mean like the, the Girl Biscuit album, I had mm. a really good idea about what i wanted to do and and i i listen to it now and i think it's like absolutely i wouldn't change a thing awesome. and and that that is that's nuts i don't know if i really i have a few other things like songs parts of albums that are like that but um you know most stuff that you make you're it's like that did not turn out how i wanted it to but happily it came out in this other way that I'm also happy with, you know what I mean? Um, but where you actually intend to do this thing and it comes out like exactly how you intended it. Those moments are, are really awesome. I, I, th- I hope I, everyone has a couple of those in their
1: life. I agree. Uh...
5: With the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: uh you, you you have operated on a higher level than anything I've done and I don't just mean cuz you got the 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 status from these bands that are now legendary I mean also the major label thing at a time that that really meant something you know uh mm-hmm. did did uh so I I wouldn't know the answer to this without asking it uh, did a time come where you felt like failing would come with real cost because gb you could have gone sideways in any which way and the stakes were just your pride at that point you know but i imagine by the time that that quicksand was or rival schools uh was really you had i have to imagine correct me if i'm wrong you had your future hinged on it in some way, you know, like it, whether, whether in actuality or just in your mind. And, uh, did, did the pressure, cause it seems like you've experimented a lot. Sorry for going in a lot of different directions, but it seems like you've experimented a lot, but I always wonder about that moment where an artist is in the studio would like to do something peculiar and then says, I got to rein it in because I'm going to, I just got too much riding on this decision right now. Did, did, did the later bands reach that point?
5: Uh, no, I think it, it I would, I mean, I, I think I probably really would have been smarter to think along those lines mm. than I have been, but I've I just kind of, I, I always think it's weird, like songs that I like, for example, you guys want to have a question about Moondog. Like everyone loves Moondog. But yeah. I totally want to hide it. Like right. I don't want anybody to hear it.
2: Incomplete like, project, how, right?
5: That that's how I think. You know what I mean? So it's like when, um, you know, I I, I I've I'm, I don't think I'm like that as much now. But I think that there's there's um, I think like I had a good sense, not always, and but I'm willing to like kind of. I I generally think I have had a sense of like who likes what I do, what is it about what they like and how can I take them to the next place to show something um, about me that I want to express that maybe like they there's some commonality there um, that'll keep it interesting on an, if you're following me, which I'm not easy to follow really, like if you're following my thread, like what the commonality is and like how each one is kind of maybe reacting to the last um, or trying to find some different way. I, I think if there was, you know, we're talking about the GB second album, like if we just kind of stuck on that, like, and, and kind of, you know, uh, did even better than you, um, you know, like album, like maybe we would have, we would have had a different kind of success, but that just wasn't who, as I got like more of a handle, and again, I think, Pat, what you're saying is like the stakes then were not super high. I was like, I was just planning to go to college and get on with my life. Uh, I think quicksand making me uh, like pro or creating these sort of expectations of like showing up and, you know, having adults like talk about what I'm doing and make plans and spend money and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, that was something I had to adjust to. Um, I think maybe in my my 30s, like probably after like rival schools, maybe, um, there was some point where I said, you know, I'm kind of getting like older and like, I'm wondering if I'll ever go back to college and, and maybe like, um, that's not what I should be doing anyway. Maybe it's really cool that I'm, I actually just get to keep playing music and have all these great friendships and do things that I value. I love traveling. I love seeing the world. I love, um, working with, working through, you know, the, the kind of times in my life through music you know and through my my relationships with different people and you know that whole adventure is is valuable and maybe by then i started starting to like I, I don't want to say feel myself but like recognize that like there were people paying attention and that there were, were people that like this is this has been meaningful to me like whatever you're doing has like some sort of um not like because I'm like so cool or anything like that, but that there's a value to it. And, and that that's maybe transcends like, what are you going to do? Go back. You're 30 something years old. You're going to go back to college and study some fucking bullshit. And then, and then, and then become like a teacher and find out that you hate kids. Like I I just, (laughs) I just felt like I had swam so far that, that swimming back, I had to get to the other side. Swimming back was no longer the thing. And, and, and that's served me well so far.
3: As, right. the, uh, as the as the weight of uh, uh, the the gross GDP of a small nation of student loans on this com- combined host <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, call, I <laughs> can tell you you didn't you didn't make a bad Total. choice. No. Um, uh, let's good. let's do this. Hold on. We're going to dust off the 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 book
4: that shall not be named, Moondog. Dog Tom. There's some oh, Moon Dog yeah, yeah. questions. All right.
3: Mm.
5: Yeah.
4: So where does that kind of fit in, like the canon? Was this like your sort of like? dry run for quicksand because this pre exists right so like was this your sort of like I'm gonna try something a little different and was armand um, the, the question also was was armand ever in the band uh
5: yes armand was in played with us live uh at that Wild. time um we only played a, a couple of shows i think and um and he played with us at CB's. uh armand and craig lived kind of in the same neighborhood as uh, as me at that time, like uh, GB, me and Siv, and actually Alan Cage, and uh, we had a kind of a rotating cast. Toby lived with us at that time too, so they were in the hood. And uh, but I guess with Moon it was we were doing when I was doing the, the GB Star Today, um, you know, just kind of dawned on me. I was doing the the these kind of vocal maps for for Civ and and you know, I'd just gotten. I'd gotten a knack for like writing lyrics and, 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 you know, working with Civ, like Civ was definitely like, um, you know, we were a team in that regard. Uh, But, you know, but I was writing these lyrics and like trying to like get these vocal ideas across. And, um, and then I realized, well, what if I just kind of do it myself and just the whatever the ideas across will just be my thing. And I will manifest that. And, and, just make a fucking band. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't even thinking that deeply about it. Right. And um, we had, a, again, Marco Siega from bad trip is a very entrepreneurial guy. And he had bought this kind of like janky studio in Jackson Heights too. So we just had free studio time. Um, and uh, cause he would just let us play there. So me and Luke went to his studio, like maybe it could have been twice. It might've been only once. And just riffed out like all those moondog dog songs, like just kind of like maybe I had an idea for a couple of them to just kind of get it going. But um, we were very, I was into, I was really into blast as like a motif and um, wanted to, you know, from the GB kind of thing, wanted to get into things that are more dissonant and, and just stuff that I was really kind of just super obsessed with blast at the time and rather than the kind of like you know GB has some pretty sick moshes and you know all that but it's like kind of like a little bit more cleaner um moving uh thing yeah and so i wanted to have some more ugliness in it and at the same time i was poppy guy so there's like pop in, in it as yeah. well um so You know, I don't know if this is a master plan or just again, but it just like feeling this thing out and um, and then just kind of went to Don's and recorded what we had in a day. And. uh, And we listened back, it sounded really cool, but I just didn't have the um, I just kind of froze on the lyrics, you know, so I think we finished just one song for a comp. Uh, I think it's on maybe where the wild things are, or no, like grill is on, It's uh, on some
3: comp. Uh, uh, where, are now, where, like where all the children now? Some. Where
5: where all the children now? Which is a really good comp. Yeah. Um, and I think that the the um the the scene the hardcore scene was shifting at that time too to where like CB's wasn't doing shows, ABC No Rio was popping up, and I really loved what was going on there because the CB saying, you know, like I said, someone had gotten fucking stabbed. It was just like just becoming this sort of like brawl kind of atmosphere and um, ABC No Real was more about music and just, you know, for lack of a better word, just like people just kind of having fun, you know, nerding out a little bit and just like letting their guard down. And I I was, I found that like awesome, you know, as like, and I wanted to be a part of that. And so Moondog was kind of like, I don't know if aimed at or just like feeling the same feelings as that, and so we played, um, we played CBs and that was when Armand played and it was a really cool show. I, I came, I didn't really have any words though. So I mean, I had words for maybe like two songs and then the rest of it, I just kind of made up words on the spot. Like I just, whatever came into my head, it was just like me just making up the words because I, you know, no one could say that those weren't the words, you know, because yeah, no right, one, right. and, Angel and so, yeah. So, and then, you know, I was so fucking full of like energy that, um, you know, my voice got blown out within a, within a couple of songs. And, uh, but it was a great feeling, you know what I mean? Like where you just do something and even though it was maybe not that good, you just felt like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. This is my thing. And, um, and then we played another show at, uh, at, fuck at, at ABC no real. But I think at that, by that time, GB went on tour or Youth today went on tour, just like a whole bunch of our like kind of relationships broke down. Like, uh, like me and Luke weren't hanging. I think we kicked, we kicked Luke out of GB. So that was like, you know, again, like as a signal that we weren't really into it, started to like dismantling it, like what right. was good about it, right. you know? So, you know, in, in, in reflection, it was like, not about Luke being, good enough to be in gb i mean he is gb he, you yeah. know his 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 drum sound is the 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 engine of the whole thing he, um, he's
3: his drumming on the gb records is so buoyant and it has this vibrancy that i think like the music reflects it but it's funny when players that aren't you know the lead guitarist or singer can add to that and i mean yeah luke luke does that he just
5: brings such joy to his playing. And I, and that's at the root of GB. It's just like, he plays with so much fun and, and it's, it's awesome. So anyway, as a reflection of that, so Luke wasn't in the, in the band, we had gotten, I'd gotten Sammy, who's also a great drummer. Um, uh, and, uh, and Tom Capone, who was in beyond. So I kind of picked up, uh, him from the wreckage of that. And, uh, and Tom went, Tom worked at a health food store, with Sergio and somehow talked Sergio into being into this band. And um, so it was me, Tom, Sergio, and Sam played ABC No Rio. And then uh, I'm going to maybe g- expanding on the story more than, more than you need to know. That's but, great. Um, I mean, we'll, yes. Yeah, so the show at ABC No Rio was awesome because it's like, ABC no Rio at that time was like a new fucking thing. Like all these, like kind of like who I see as like the icons of that scene. were pretty much the only people there, you know what I mean? So it's just like, like there wasn't really much filler, you know, in, in the room. (laughs) So, um, you know, and the PA sucked and, you know, I still didn't have words and, and it was just, you know, you were, while you were on the stage, you were also in the audience and it was just like, so cool. And, um, And I had never played with Sergio before, but he was just so fucking awesome, had such vibe. And Tom Capone was such the hot shit guitar player at that time. He was just, he just had some, he just had some next level, not only his technical ability, but just like his like aura or whatever. He just like, he's just a uh, sort of, he just has a vibe. And Sam was amazing. But anyways, after that, Sam, um, was in judge and I think, and Purcell leaned on him to say like, you can't be in both bands. So (laughs) Sam had to quit Moondog. And at that very same time, Alan Cage, who was in burn. Right. Saw us play at ABC no Rio and was intrigued and put it out to Tom. I think it was Tom because he didn't know Sergio that if you guys ever need a drummer, I would be down. So just let me know. And so it just kind of happened like that. And then once Alan was in the band and, you know, I, I was roommates with Alan. So I, I had, you know, friendship with him. Um, uh, but with the four of us, um, together, I recognized that it was no longer going to be like my band Moondog. Like my, my Moondog was like my band. Like I, you know, me and Luke's band, let's just say, um, and then Luke wasn't in the band and now I had these Allen's just such all these guys are such trademark players. So then it just became like, this isn't Moondog. We got to come up with a different name. And, uh, and so then, you know, maybe we tried some Moondog songs, but it just seemed forced in a way, you know, because it's like, here we had these, like, you know, Sergio didn't want to learn this fucking GB knockoff bullshit. You know, (laughs) he wanted to like, participate, you know, and Alan certainly didn't, you know, you talk about self-hating crew. He, he, he was, (laughs) he he was never really down for the first part. So I I was already under suspicion as being youth crew, you
3: know, like (laughs) you had had warrants out.
5: Yeah. Like I could at any turn at any point, you know, bleach my hair, or bleach people's hair in in their sleep. You see, you you see what he did. Yeah. (laughs) And and next thing you know, you're, you know, one of these, you know, uh, one of those guys. So, um, so that kind of then when we created Quicksand, obviously I didn't really have any motivation to put out moondog tapes. It just sounded like sure. like it's not the thing I'm doing anymore, so it's like, what am, why am I going to be nostalgic about this missing release from you know six months ago? <laughs> like no, <laughs> I don't care and um and and it didn't really resurface until quicksand got signed, and someone had the demo tape and and I got great, the cool thing about Moondog is this the tape got out to kind of heads. So, you know, it wasn't just out for everybody. So the the people that got it were people that somehow had, had a line into what was going on, whatever at that time. And everyone just really liked it. You know what I mean? So it gave me confidence to think like, well, fuck, you know, I'm pretty, I'm good enough to, to do this. And, um, and so, uh, you know, when quicksand came, came up and we were on a major label, Someone had that tape and bootlegged a seven-inch, and within the set, which is cool. But the thing is that they put within the seven-inch packaging, like Quicksand's, uh, you know, product sheet or something, some fucking cheesy ass shit from the. It was like label. yeah, it was
3: like a low-key disc at Quicksand, right? Yeah, it was.
5: It was like basically to say, like, here's what the cool, you know real shit is and it's not this sellout quicksand thing that the, the major labels are trying to like get you to like support south africa with and it was just like <laughs> fucking so stupid and dumb but in, in the big picture um i'm grateful to the person that did it because that has created this sort of helped to create some sort of lore around there it. and even Absolutely. and, and awesome. even the and even the 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 one sheet you know part of it is also cool. Like it's sort of a, a thing of like this is what this is the shit they were trying to do for like a hardcore band, you know. Essentially, right. you know, they're trying to like sell these guys to. Obviously, they don't know what they're even trying to sell, right? You right. know, and and, uh, and I think that that's an interesting artifact too. Although, you know, I don't have the record, but it irked me at the time. But I, I see in the in the big picture, it's it's all it's all good,
4: right? I mean, that ended up in the uh, Bleaker, Bla- Bleaker Bob Black Market, <laughs> there was definitely uh-huh. some seven issues. And then also going back, way back, you were talking about kind of doing the the kind of structures and the, the skeletons of, like, the GB songs for Civ. Uh-huh. That also found the light of day, and I, I don't know how the hell that happened. Yeah. There's oh, a- the Walter
3: it- Sings, Walter Sings, right? Walter
4: Sings, the hits, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. But those are both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Walter, maybe a big question. Uh, it, you, earlier, you talked about sort of having this simpatico with with Siv and, and really being on a wavelength with him. Uh, you've played with a lot of really fucking talented people. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have you found that type of one to one? Because I feel like you and Capone people people really link you up in their minds. Be- and do you, I mean, I mean, don't diss your man. If if this isn't the case, find a delicate way to say it. But do you feel, do you feel the same? Do you feel the same sort of like, like this is it, it, musical life partners in the same way that they're, they might not be for life. It's like a wife. Sometimes yeah. marriages dissolve, et cetera. But you, for a time, at least you believe that this is like a real like you get it man you know what i mean have you felt that multiple times in your career or or is that almost like despite playing with a lot of talented people and having a lot of good experiences have you had that very few times
5: um man i'm so lucky to have i mean when obviously the the working with Civ is just like we become like this like Voltron kind of thing where we're like working on these, these things together with like, you know, we would go over words and phrasings and, and, and with Don Fury and um, the three of us just kind of like uh, sculpting this thing together and, and laughing and and making fun of each other and like uh, having this like really intense experience, but it, and sometimes would be, Frustrating, probably more for Siv than than for me but um but where because he was on the spot to, to, to deliver this but like that synergy that kind of movement it's fucking amazing man when you're experiencing nice. that with, with, with it's like and it's it's an amazing feeling to where like you, you're just like creating something like it's it's trans transcendental or something like it's yeah. it's it's beautiful and um So Siv, definitely, like, it's amazing what what we've done together. And um, being in a band with Capo, I mean, I loved that because Capo Ray um, so obviously knew what he was doing. And so, like, being in a band with him, I was just, like, learning so much about how to do it all. And and just, like, um, learning from someone that I totally, you know was trying to decode in, 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 you know, and just kind of taking on like how, what makes a fucking good mosh part? Like, how do you get people to be affected emotionally by this music? You know what I mean? And just like, it's just seeping into you. You know what I mean? Because you're like, I'm playing bass parts to like get him fucking psyched. Like, Ray I gotta be on stage with this dude who's the best guy to do this. like. I can't look like a fucking sap on this job, man. I got to, I got to raise my fucking game. I got to open my fucking ears. There's no, there's no sitting at youth today practice. No one's fucking sitting. You're standing and you're going off because that's what we're here to do. We're here to be the fucking sickest band going. And that relationship was amazing. And I've known Sam since he was a, a little teeny kid. So, you know, and Purcell again, like amazing. Like, so these people that I learned from, um and uh you know am and inspired by and you know, and also relationships change, you know what I mean? like, like I've changed a lot, you know what I mean, and they probably like with these different like bands that I've done, sometimes I didn't feel like I might love this person, I might um think they're fu- super fun to hang out with, but like musically, this is not my vision anymore, and like mm. I can't i I feel like you know, maybe it's a it's a time you know, I think it's all kinds of, um, I think it could be applied to, to, uh, it's not a marriage in this way. It's like, you got to follow, I mean, you have to, um, it's not that kind of heaviness, but like, you know, where I felt like I couldn't express the kind of music, like I couldn't do quicksand with Lukey Luke. Right. He wouldn't, he wouldn't wouldn't be the right guy. You know what I mean? And so I needed to find that sound because like, I didn't mean to like, I mean, obviously I wanted to learn how to play guitar because I thought it would be cool and I could, you know, meet girls maybe, you know, whatever those motivations were. But like, after enough time with it, I I had like things that I just wanted to do, like sounds that I would hear that I'd be just like, I gotta do this. And they wouldn't just be about the sounds. It would be like in the context of like, what's going on. You know what I mean? Right. Like. Um, you know, as, as kind of alluded to before, it's like ABC, no Rio is the fucking thing. Like that's where the energy is. I want to be in that conversation. So like, what's interesting there, like I have to create that. I can't just like jump in there with gorilla biscuits and dump on it. It will flatten the whole fucking thing out. It's not going to work. That's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a, I, I don't think that that's like the way to do it, but, but the, the upside of it for me is that, I have such a diverse palette of, of experiences, you know, with, within a kind of music form that I, that I think I've helped to define for myself, you know, in a way.
1: Now I have a, I don't, this would be a good button question, but it's, we can keep going forever. It's just, this, this is one I want to get off before I forget. Uh and I'm not intending to bring out the negativity in you. That's not my goal here. But I... I yeah, it seems a little bit, though. A little bit. All right. I, I, I'm <laughs> just a gossip hound. I just want to get it out. But yeah. I, here's the deal.
5: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is there,
1: <laughs> is there anything that you've done that you almost resent people for not getting? And what I mean by that is we... I really love the Civ record right? Mm-hmm. And obviously many, many people do. But it also has its critics because when we talked about it in this glowing terms on the podcast, so a couple of voices came in and said, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. now, to me, if I made the Civ record and people didn't like it, I'd think they were fucked in their fucking heads. Now, do, yeah. do you, <laughs> d- does that ever get in your fucking brain where, now, I think we're both, you and I both have a similar vibe on this, I think, which is, hey, I make a lot of records. You like some of them. You don't like some of them. It's fine. You know, that's a mature thing. But I'm just. I guess this is my way of caping for the Civ record right now. If <laughs> if you don't like it, you're fucked. So is, 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 does that does that stuff ever cross your mind ever?
5: Yeah, yeah. If you you don't, you don't like some, what, let's just get rid of you today. Why don't we just do that? You, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? To the right? Let's just cut to the chase. Um, uh. I do get that. Like, um, I think everything is so much about context, you know, like who tells you about something like, where are you at in your life when this thing comes across your plate? Um, uh, You know, what's going on in music or society or, you know, whatever. And, And I think for those reasons, like some things really fucking catch fire and some things don't. And if you like, listen to like, you know, your, your discover weeklies or something like that. It's, it's always blows my mind. How many fucking records are amazing that I never knew about. Like, right. I how did I, how did I not know about this record? And it's because of context. It came out on, on the wrong label at the wrong time. Uh, someone gave it a shitty review because they didn't like the way that the record cover looked or, um, yes. or they were ahead of the curve or they were, whatever they did, there was some sort of contextual piece that um, didn't serve it uh, to where it's like a household name or, or, or whatever. Maybe didn't get the, the the recognition that someone more discerning that that's rediscovered it would be like, how come this wasn't, how can you say that the serve record's not good? Well, you could say, well, uh, it was on a major label. Um, I don't like... Um, Things on major labels or I didn't like that they wore suits that seems really cheesy I don't get that you know what I mean or it was on the Warp Tour I don't know I'm thinking of reasons right. to not like the record sure. but then just listen to fucking do something and shut the fuck up yeah right like, <laughs> you know that's that's my take
4: yeah. true but, uh, it's all of our takes Listen was meant to Brute and fuck off
5: <laughs> I think with my, myself though um, is like saying that I do do have like that frustration with some things is that um where, like, um, and it's you know it's your own thing. It's like I have a record called uh, a walking concert record, which I think is just so fucking good. It's run like to be born, love it. Run yep. to be run, run to be born. Like, yeah, it's huge fan. I I, I just think I, I, I was on such in such a good place. Like my songwriting was. You know, I, I'm just gonna let me go with this. Like me Please. tooting my own horn on this, but I just feel like I was doing great stuff and um you know lyrically everything so anyway i'm a fan of it and when it comes out just people don't really gravitate to it and and um and i'm just sort of like i don't know bumming is the is the right word but it's just like this is fucking awesome i know it's fucking awesome and yet people are not freaking out about it and i think when you if you step out of that, it's about the context. It's like, when did it come out? Like, what is it called walking concert? Like, I, I don't know what that is. I like them for quicksand. And then people who don't know who, who hear about it, who don't like quicksand or like, I don't want to hear this quicksand guys or, you know, or whatever. Right. It's a gorilla biscuit guy doing this. I don't get this. That could be one thing or it just could mm-hmm. be, or, or it could just be, I was off. Like it just wasn't the right time to release a record like that. Um, But the upside of it and what keeps me from being bitter about it or, or, you know, feeling, uh, yeah. Like uh, in that way is that my relationship with all the stuff that I do is like, I really just try to give my absolute best to it. And sometimes like giving my best to it, I could ruin it in a way by like overdoing it or whatever. But, um, at some point when you let that go, that you're just like, Hey, listen, people might think that this totally is the best shit in the world, or they might think that this is total bullshit. So your relationship to it has to be like, if they think it's total bullshit, that you know that it isn't because your relationship with that thing is like, Hey, listen, I, I fucking deg- I, I know like some things are better than others, blah, blah, blah. If that relationship with, with it is good, then, um, you know, then, then I think you're in, in, a, in a good place. And if something you make that you think is like not even that awesome gets really popular, that, that's another problem, you know what I mean? Because then it's like, you don't want to be defined by that thing. And I've, I've experienced both, you know what I mean? People love Gorilla Biscuits, you know, people love quicksand, people love rival schools, people love all these different things. And I kind of have a way of just wanting to do something different each time out. And um, that isn't a great career strategy necessarily really so i kind of have to roll with the 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 downside to that but i i but i value just like being able to pursue what i want to do as my as my mode i feel free you know and that that's like an awesome i mean obviously i have shit that can you know holds me in in you know in life but in that realm i've been really fortunate to, to be free and 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 keep Keep developing as a as a you know as an artist but like more as a as a person and 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 in that medium and um so yeah you know shit it happens like that sometimes you know and then that's what the discover weekly is all about you know like how come these dudes weren't the fucking huge band like i don't know you know
1: no context Uh, Walter uh, sorry to just barrage you with one after the other of like kind of getting a a little, a little heavy here, but almost the inverse question that I asked you at the beginning about the bands that were kind of like cooler at the moment there, there came a time later, uh, probably rival schools era, but I'm I'm certain quicksand era too. Um, Did you ever feel like sort of the major label acts that you might've uh, shared a stage with or at least shared a uh, festival stage with that yeah. kind of were you know on this podcast we're always quick to say not being into hardcore is no sort of crime you know what I mean it's fine if yeah. that's not if yeah. that's not your background but kind of the bands that the major label bands that came out of nothing particularly mm-hmm. and didn't seem to have any grounding or or, or even fan base so to speak e- even like the interest I don't want to list a bunch of fucking names just in case the dude from Incubus is a listener. But uh. I, I, I just want I just want to say like, did you ever have these moments where you were playing these shows and you're looking at them, and you were almost the older dude going. Yeah, this just not that cool. This is, what's this kid doing? You, you I mean did did it ever go the reverse of where it was when you started playing some of the New York clubs post GB? When when you were like like yeah, maybe you were getting sunned, but you got it because the people were older, they were into cool shit. Were you did you later become the cool guy that was like yeah, I don't know if this is it, kid. You know what I mean? Did, did that ever happen? Not in, not in an authoritative
5: way because I just I just don't ever feel like um like a younger generation kid like you know my my minor threat was youth today so the someone whose minor threat was minor threat thinks youth today is stupid so like you know i think there's a line in new direction uh that goes something along the lines of like um stand to the side rebirth the hardcore pride you know this kind of like where i can't remember the lyric but there's something that kind of speaks to that sort of thing it's like yeah. my thing is Hats my off to thing bands are
3: played right. ha- yeah, good
5: luck yeah, the other like, like,
3: way go your way
5: yeah like me. this is my time this is my uh thing so just because you know if some you know being in rival schools and having i, I mean I, I don't know if this is what you were getting at pat but like i'm just picturing myself with rival schools playing festivals and uh you know uh gabe from cobra starship shows up and you know here it, it, i don't even know what cobra starship sounds but well. it was uh, they're fucking amazing the whole house is bouncing and i'm in in uh rival schools with this whole like uh knowledge of you know uh discord records and uh, whatever the uh cool pedigree shit. Of-
3: the cool shit
5: <laughs> yes yeah the, the cool shit that developed this whole scene and you know, whatever. And all that kind of stuff. Like, so how much energy do I want to spend thinking about like, resenting that? Like when I see Gabe, he's like, dude, I love you. You're the fucking coolest because you did this, this, and this. And I don't even have to be cool to him. You know what I mean? He's already appreciating who I am before he knows me. And like, how would I, how do I justify spending energy? Like, I mean, I could be cynical and make a, be like, yeah, these guys suck, whatever, you know. But not, I don't put too much energy into. Yeah, it. Yeah, what you energy know?
4: goes to that? So- Talking about walking concert, uh, how can get it on streaming? Yes, I had to like find because I have it on like on like a on like my iTunes, but I was like I added it to my own Spotify because, uh, like you said, I mean, not like Bob will back me up on this too. Like some of the best, Audrey. You know, what's your new thing? Some of the best stuff you've ever done, punk, hardcore, anything. Like, those songs are just so incredible that, like, like you said, I mean, like, you know, I I saw you play that, like, play those songs, like croutons and stuff like that. Like, that should have been a fucking gigantic record.
5: I I thought so too. The songs on there are
4: just, you can play that for anybody. That record is awesome.
3: Tom and I are big, big fans. Um, Love it. What he was saying is true. I saw, walk-in concert play in Silver Lake out in LA, small show. And then maybe within a year, I booked, you were out for, a, I think, a Paul Frank party, and I booked an acoustic show for you in Long Beach, Acoustic Cafe. Oh my
2: God, that's yeah. cool.
3: Yeah, and it was great. There was 10 times the amount of people who came to the acoustic show, and it was cool. It was last minute, but I remember being like, the walking concert show was like me and Gus Pena and like 15 other people. And I was like, yeah. what's going on here?
5: Yeah, it just, I, it, it maybe, I think it would probably, like, again, context, it might, it would have done better if I had called it Walter Strifles and made it a solo record. And, and I think that's one thing that maybe, I don't know if it would have been better, but maybe people, again, like, it's the difference between calling it Civ and Gorilla Biscuits. You know what I right. mean? It's like, it might have been an easier entree than uh, a band name, but you know it is what it is. I'm most proud of the songwriting because I just felt like I was listening to all this like really cool '60s stuff and um, really got a handle on how they did it. And my, at the same time, my lyrics—I just got way more into writing lyrics and and really trying to like um, get really. Lyrics are hard, man. Like you got to fucking you got to really get into it and you can't, you can't get flabby because you, then you have to, it's like, it's like running a marathon. Like you got to be, you got to give something to it, like on a routine. And I just did. And, and uh, so, yeah, so, you know, I, I don't want this, this story. I don't, isn't like a wham wah, wah. Cause the right. songs are fucking dope. And I, I want to, it's not on, it's not on streaming services because like, because I care a lot about this record. Like I'm kind of, working on a game plan in which that it it could, um, live in the best possible space. So, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of not on the front burner, but I'm going to get to it.
3: Okay. Good. That's, that's what we want to hear. Wonderful record. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much guys. Yeah. No, I mean, what you were saying about lyrics is, is, maybe we'll start working on this. Um, lyrically, I, I think you can almost see a musical trajectory with your, your bands. Um, lyrically, certainly too. I, I, where you were at on that walking concert record because it's, it has weight to it, but it's
4: playful and fun and it's a summer you know, record. It, mm-hmm.
2: Living For in instance, California,
4: that stuff is is uh, some of it's a little wintry, like slip mm-hmm. is a winter record. I think yeah. walking concert is a summer record. Slip not, is not a, slip is f-
3: walking around Manhattan in the uh, in the December record mm-hmm. and <laughs> concert that's summer in California. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah. With that um, slip, because we haven't touched on it, and the three of us talk about that, and I think a couple weeks ago, we said it's almost like onomatopoeia of a record. The tone, the content, the lyrical content, the music, the production, the art, it just has this flow that's hard to compare to anything. Where were you at with that record, you know, was that something that took a long time to craft? You know, obviously there's some time between the quicksand seven inch and slip. And now when you look back on it, you know, you said about the Civ record, there's not a thing you changed the gorilla biscuits record. There's not a thing you changed with slip. Do you, do you have that same feeling?
5: No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I wouldn't change anything now. Cause you are saying all these nice things about it, but, but, uh, but at the time I w- would have, I think, um, you know, when Quicksand first came out with our seven inch, like, that's another thing that I thought, like, we fucking nailed this thing. Like, we just like, this is, this is, people might not like it, but they're, they should. Right. And, um, and so that came and we kind of did some stuff around that. And then it kind of like, just, it was just a time in our lives. And, and, you know, all this stuff was kind of, kind of like that whole scene kind of thing you know, people breaking edge left and right. It got scary there for for a while. And um, so, you know, uh, by the time like quicksand was like getting courted by major labels, like I was like, not even really into that original style. Like I looked at it as like sort of too, um, I don't know, just maybe like I was into like, I had just gotten more adult taste, man. I had just gotten cooler. I was like, I was into like Sonic Youth and I was into My Bloody Valentine and mm-hmm. um, uh, really obsessed with all the gay stuff that was coming out and, um, and, and didn't really want to attack it from this sort of like uh, metallic angle anymore. But yet that's what we had gotten signed for. And that was the expectation of what we were t- supposed to be cool for. And so there was there was a, the, in that time just said so much so much had changed but then you know we were all of a sudden like you know our rent's getting paid and all this shit we're gonna make we got to make this record right, we're, you know, we're making right. it we're we're making it with you know um ted nicely who had done fugazi you know so we're kind of like touching all these little things you know yeah. what i mean to kind of like stay legit we you yeah. know and, and 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 stay honest but in truth i don't really know that we had Like the first quicksand 7-inch, I felt like not everyone was engaged in it exactly. It happened very quickly. You know, so it was like one of the songs was kind of came from something Tom did. One of the songs kind of came from a jam. One of them, you know, I kind of had. And so um, now we've been a band. So now everyone's like way more involved. So there wasn't this like direct sort of um, game plan. And so we had to just fucking make it up. You know, and I was just—I I remember when we were supposed to get signed, saying to Tom, "I was living with Tom on Rivington Street in this like fucking disgusting apartment with like roaches and a shower in the kitchen, and it was just fucking gross." You're painting the picture
3: d- of Slip. This is good.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the bathroom was like, and it was like at one time four of us living in like fucking 500 square feet on Rivington Street when Rivington <laughs> Street was gross, and 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 it was just like, um. And I remember saying to Tom, we were about to get this uh, major label deal. And I'm just thinking like, I don't think we should do this, man. I think I want to start a new band. Me, you, this girl, Gwen, who was just like sick bass player um, and kind of looked like Kim Gordon. And, and I was, well, they both had blonde hair, but she was like, oh, a sick bass player. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking me, you and Gwen should start a band. I'll play drums and it'll be instrumental. It'll be dope.
3: And I like
1: how crazy you are, Walter. Yeah, yeah
3: that's, <laughs> that's 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 a, that's a good what if. Like, what if it's like, what if TC's like, okay, let's go, let's do Thank
5: this. You. TC was listening to like TC was so into like psychic TV and throbbing gristle and yeah. and um, all this kind of stuff that like to me was like, um, you know, Chris and cozy like kind of darker like uh, industrial uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. that but you know at a time when like you know i can talk about those things now and you're like yeah yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah at the but time about,
3: that's like wait what hold on tell me no, that yeah right. and
5: it sounded awful you know what i mean it was like <laughs> and yeah. so um so i i so like tom you know that's how much we had changed within the year of like clean slate to like i want to start a noise band trio where i play drums and don't sing yeah and <laughs> and yet we have this record contract in front of us so um I just bucked up and, and saw it as a, as a thing that, you know, the universe had, had presented and the lyrics, I think the music was one thing because music for me is not challenging because uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's challenging in a way, but I don't get uptight about it. You know what I mean? Like right. I I, can, I feel pretty confident in like making up good riffs or like finding song structures and shit like that. Sure. But writing lyrics is so raw, man. There's just so many ways to like go wrong. Um, you know, like one lyric, you know, if I'm listening to a record and, you know, I'm not the biggest lyric person, but, you know, a dumb lyric could like ruin the whole fucking thing throws the vibe, throws (laughs) the vibe completely and, and, or sells it short. And I, I just, I was at a bit of a loss and maybe a, a little bit intimidated by the idea of like, okay, you guys are going to be big stars. We're giving you all this money. And all you have to do, Walter is get up there and sing something really fucking good and catchy. <laughs> and, and just being like, dude, yeah. you know, I didn't get into this for this.
3: And our yeah, and, uh, man said he don't hear a single, right?
5: <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, and, and it wasn't even that bad. I'm dramatizing it, but um, so the lyrics were really, I couldn't think of anything. I was just like, did it to the last fucking moment. And, um, and then just because I was so nervous of like fucking it up, I did a good job. Ultimately. And <laughs> yeah. most of the lyrics are about most of the lyrics are about just me fucking stressing out about the whole thing, you know, and, uh, in a way that was like, had some, some poetry to it. And I still had a good sense from hardcore, like how to like load up a word and when to, when to scream it and, and, um, and, and you know, I still had good, good chops from that. That applied, but it was also, you know, a bit of a step away, and was more of a personal story rather than a like. From like real biscuit stuff is more about like a what we got to do. It's right. more about like what I'm going through, and 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 if I'm talking about you, I'm really talking about me. Like it, I don't think it's hard to figure that out. Right, know? right.
1: Now, uh, so I'd be curious to hear y- your. I'm going to give an impression and then you you're welcome to fight me on it entirely. I think this is I
3: think
4: Bernie this Sanders, go I- yeah, like an impression, <laughs> like, Hey, I'm De Niro. Like uh, yeah, yeah. Do your Irish brogue <laughs> again. Right.
2: Oh, that's um,
1: hilarious. So manic compression is not the record that slip is now. I'm going to make a quick case for that. And you tell me, where I'm off, okay.
3: okay. He's asking it's you to play good cop versus his bad cop about a record you you wrote. So yeah, okay. Well,
1: right, here's cool. what here's here's what's fascinating is that to most musicians, the more recent material is always the better material because they believe themselves to be in a better like they're they're better musicians, they're be, they're better uh, bandmates, and it's rare that really? anybody can look back. at Well, <laughs> it happens. Really, but it's rare that anybody. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. We love when
3: Pat speaks in absolutes. Please continue.
1: If slip is a 10 out of 10, then manic compression is an 8 out of 10. Okay. This isn't me trying to berate two masterworks from you. It's Uh, just, I find this fascinating. First, I want to know if you agree. You don't have to agree with those numbers, but just tell me if you feel Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then second... At the, I've put out good records and bad records, so I should be able to answer this. But I'd like, I'd like you to tell me, as somebody that has put out a literal classic, to follow up with a very good record. If that came with a whole bunch of feelings, or 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 if you didn't even register it, or if to you, manic compression is all the classic, the slip is, et cetera, et cetera. Give me your take.
5: Um. I hear you. I think I would, I think manic compression is very much a reaction to uh, slip, which I felt like we ended up firing um, our producer for, for, for slip um, Ted nicely. It, like there was some serious, you know, And I was telling you about the, 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 vocals and just like, shit. we were like, we were going at it, you know, to make that album. So, I mean, in, in my mind, Everyone should just fucking listen to me, and then we'll have a fucking great record. Why don't you guys just like listening to what I have to say? <laughs>
2: no.
5: And and um and and you know, in in say my experience in in youth today, I was always like, I never had to even like consider that. I was I was, a, you know, a, a, a contributing, you know, back support player. Right. Um, in, in GB, I had completely willing guys that were just down for like. Hey, dude! I'm gonna play harmonic on this. Is everyone cool with that? And everyone's like, <laughs> "Yeah, dude, that rolls." Like, whatever I Changed wanted.
1: change history. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
5: What, whatever kind of silly thing I wanted to do, everyone was down for. Um, whereas Quicksand was just more like each guy in the band has a strong artistic voice, and this was new terrain for me. And 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 then add on top of that, you have like a record label and adults and all this kind of shit that have opinions about stuff. And I'm not saying that that was really terrible, but it's a different atmosphere. So in slip, yeah, I think in slip, I'm so happy. It turned out the way that it did that people love it. But in my mind, when slip came out, it's just like, I just heard what it could have been. And um, like, for example, we used a click track. That was a big fucking problem. Like we used a click track. I had never used a click track. I thought the click track, click track for the people don't know what it is, is everyone uses a click track now. Um, every kid on garage band, anything, it's just like tick, tick, tick. So you play to the drums, to that ticking sound. And so that everything feels like
3: precise, yeah,
5: precise. And, and it doesn't get weird or slow down. I fucking hated that. And, you know, and I fought, um, I fought, you know, parts needed to slow. I was like, Ted nice to like, do Fugazi use a fucking click track? Like, what is this bullshit?
1: I, right. You know, first thought. yeah.
5: <laughs> and, and 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 so then you know and furthermore is like let me produce fugazi i'll put a fucking mic in the middle of the room i'll let, I, oh. and uh, i'll press play and record i'll go out and get lunch or whenever they want to call me and 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 we got a fucking another hit you know what i mean <laughs> and you're telling me to play to a fucking click track like what is this shit and um so i was pissed off about all that stuff you know what i mean um and so with manic compression i felt that we should make a more and probably like helmet or some sort of influence as well. And I was listening to like a lot of Daisy Chainsaw, which was this kind of weird little band that uh, from England that had like a really cool, aggressive sound. Um, I I mind them for so many and a lot of the Civ stuff uh, for a couple of Civ things I mind. Actually, I think, uh, set your goals is, is a pretty solid rip of Daisy Chainsaw. Um, and, uh, I wanted to make something that sounded like, again, returning to that blast idea too, of like this kind of ugliness where there's like scratchy, shitty sounds and and um, it's aggressive, you know what I mean? In a way that Slip had this more kind of warm, like kind of, uh, you know, maybe when I look at the cover, I see this, like these these two people like floating through space and there's something sort of like shoegaze lovely about it you know what i mean like kind of like the, the you know maybe maybe it's not that but you know what i mean there's something like warm feeling about it in a in a way or or loving
1: or mm-hmm. walter i i i don't know how to break this to you i think that's part of why it's a wild success all these years later man i i think that you're looking the gift horse in the mouth there i understand that it was that it didn't comport entirely with your vision and so you still have to look at it through that lens but I really think that part of the reason that Slip is the classic that it is is some of that warmth. You know what I mean? Like, I, sure. I, I think,
5: dude, totally, totally. If you and, had made it
1: really I, ugly, it might be a perfect record to you. But I don't know if we'd all be talking about it in the same glowing terms. You know?
5: It, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm just setting the stage for manic Compression in a way. Like, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, I think all those tensions. And like right. whatever, however much control I had in it, some of that control was positive, and some of that control mm-hmm. was negative. Like some of it was because I came with something cool that I wanted to achieve, and I and people cooperated with me, and it and it worked out. Some of my my participation, it was like being a dick about something, and you know, sh- shutting down the shop for this, that, or the other. So anyway, my experience. But I do recognize that, hey man, that's beautiful that it has that's all right. that stuff in it. Like i I'm so grateful for that. But I, I'm just it is awesome. I guess I just had a vision for it. Not that my vision was for it to be tough. My vision was for it to just, for example, like not be to a click track. Like if it was not to a click track, I just felt for sure that the record would have been more exciting.
3: Right. I don't think Alan Cage needs a click track, right? You know, it's like an animal,
5: yeah, but, but so it it is that. And so like, I, I, I actually shouldn't spend too much time trying to like, critique that album because like it's absolutely perfect you know what yeah. i mean and, and so i'm just talking about like my my feeling at the time so going sure. into into manic compression i guess i wanted to like react to that with like shorter more aggressive songs um uh you know uh going to don fury and uh you know trying to like go back to the roots to some degree and yeah. rather rather than which would have been probably like which would have been cool if we had made a third record, I guess maybe we would have corrected course again. But I think the cool thing about Manic Compression, I don't think it works as well as an album as Slip does, but I think some of the songs on it are so sharp and good. I think they're really yeah. like, sh- like I think right. there's so much, I don't know if Slip has, maybe the the, the, the EP versions of like Omission or something like that had right. that sort of sharpness and attack Sure. Um, But but Manic Compression, like, Thor on My Side is such a cool song. And it's, like, punchy, and it just fucking yeah. does what it does, and it's out. And the way the thing sounds, it sounds like... It sounds like kind of like... It's like the... Sergio calls it the uh, injustice for all of hardcore. Because it just has this uh. kind of weird, shitty sound that, uh you know, Don Fury had bought these ADAP machines, which are, like, ultimately... At the time, were like had some sort of you know how like people were trying to sell you on like CDs like they have mm. they have great sound and well they were trying to sell you on ADATS which is like way video lower t- yeah video tape recording the yeah. fucking record on videotape right <laughs> you know so it sounds fucking weird and calling it manic compression was like to go with that and to right. to kind of like agree to that reality and and um. So I think where where mana compression maybe doesn't work as well as an album and and doesn't and maybe shies away from certain like uh, more spacious things that Slip was down to go for. I think it's just when it when it works, it works great. Uh, I mean,
4: Landmine Spring,
5: Landmine Spring's dope. If you
4: if you never wrote another song after that, you pretty much you know what I mean. Like that was as great as the, you know what I mean. Like that and a song that was not on the record that mm-hmm. might be not the to fucking totally, you know, I'm, I'm going to kiss you. You're okay. Go I apologize. Probably the best quicksand song is shovel.
5: Yeah. Which I decided I don't want that to be on the album. It's too poppy.
4: And you recorded that format of compression, then gave it to norm Norman.
5: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cause I thought Incredible. it was too poppy. Wow. So that was
3: dumb. You know, <laughs> no, I mean that, that texture, that, that contrast, cause you know, landmine spring is a little bit more s- softer song. And then you have songs like if you did with softer, right. Then you have songs like divorced, you know what I mean? And that's, that's like, that's a mosher, you know, Yeah, yeah. jumping off the stage that.
5: I think despite ourselves, like we still had those kind of like beautiful, I mean, you know, for lack of a better word, where, where, you know, you're, you're going towards melody towards like a, a sort of, you know, I guess it would be the kind of moments that like Fugazi would present in some songs where like, um, you know, that kind of, I always think of Guy and Ian as a kind of like mom and dad kind of thing. And, and Guy's kind of like, you know, more the mom, obviously. (laughs) And, and he would have like these kind of like sweet side of, of, of that. I think, you know, we had a bit of that as well, you know, Um, we're creating these kind of like, really, I'm trying to think of a Fugazi song, like an early song that has that, those sort of like, you know, um, What's the opening song of of uh repeater? I think, you know, somewhere in these banner fans with to helping every no, slip side of no, slide. Is do, it, do,
4: is yeah. fisted find? No, I don't
5: Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah, yeah. they have these really pretty kind of songs. And so I think we still had that, you know, like like the examples that you said, like
4: Turnover. Turnover. That's the that's one right. that's, right. that's yeah, right. a fucking great song. Holy shit. But I mean, yeah, I mean I think um, Landmine Spring created. But, yeah, own. so I think
5: I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I guess you know it's it's maybe doesn't work as much as an album, but I, I think that when it the songs on *Manic Compression* that are good are like really strong.
1: Or, that's, I think. Well, it, listen, there's no doubt it's still a fucking great record. It, it's just that, like you know, the the slip thing. But Walter, here's what I'm taking away from what you're saying right now, and I almost want to say this as a warning to to musicians that might be listening to this to not do because. You, you attempt to sabotage shit, but you're too talented. So it still takes, you know what I mean? But that's not everybody. That's not everybody's experience. A lot of people, I've tried to self-sabotage and it just worked. You know what I mean? So, so like <laughs> you, you really like, when you tell me, yeah, I just wanted to dirty this up. There was, you know, there's a lot of label expectations that I thought maybe I'd stick my finger in their fucking eye. Yo, most of the time that doesn't, that doesn't go right. That you know I mean? But you still have a band. Awesome great record.
5: <laughs> I guess it kind of speaks to to the time, you know, when you think about like Nirvana coming out with uh, Nevermind and then the, the the next record they make with um, uh, Steve Albini. Albini. Yeah. And it just kind of sounds shittier, you know, like they were sort of ashamed of their success in some yeah. way. I think that yeah. was like a pretty lame kind of vibe going through that time, you know, where just like if things were like cool and working out, you had to like be against it it's yeah. you know something in the kind of gen x dna at that time yeah. that was just dumb and i think really like you know and again like in utero, utero is a great record mm-hmm. but you know you just feel that sort of like anti-ness in it and um i think that was a thing you know what i mean like
4: right to shed some of the people that got into them because of
5: yeah you, you know, know like, it's kind of sort of like i think people are less hung up on that shit now yeah
3: i Success is a hard thing to embrace sometimes. I think that's a good example yeah. where where I was forced out. Yo, Um, you know, We're not going to be able to get to everything we want to because we're all real into this stuff. I do want to touch on one thing, if we can, wow. if you guys are cool with this. Sure. World's fastest car yes. comes mm-hmm. after quicksand. Mm-hmm. Do you look at that? Does that feel like you know, uh, Moondog is to quicksand as world's fastest car is to rival schools.
5: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and damn, dude, this is a good, this is a good, uh, we're hitting on some good things here because I'm thinking about world's fastest car and that was like after quicksand, they quicksand broke up, you know, we, we, we broke up just like in kind of this dramatic, I don't know if it's dramatic, but just like, you know, where, where fraught. Yeah. It's just sort of like the, kind of this dumb thing. Like if it's, you know, we can only do it under these conditions and if we can't do it under these conditions, well then it's not, can't be done or, you know what I mean? There's no middle ground at all. We can, we're just like, we're so like, you know, angry young men, no spirit
3: of. of compromise and no spirit
5: I'm- of compromise. Absolute whatever, you know? So anyway, we were just like, maybe I got no problem with that. That's that's time in life. But, um, with, I ended up getting picked up. They kept my option as a solo artist at the record label. And, um, uh, so then they were just like years kind of passed where they would just, it sort of got bad, but initially they were, they were like, um, yeah, we want to keep you. So now you, you know, this kind of thing that I was saying, like, why doesn't everyone just fucking listen to me? (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Be careful what you wish for, you know, because once everyone's fucking listening to you and you, you know, have the money and the resources to do whatever the hell you want to do, well, what do you want to do then? Yeah. You know what I mean? And everyone's looking to you and you have in, you know, so anyway, I did pretty good with it actually at first. And I think world's fastest car was that I got good people, the uh, Artie uh, Shepherd, who was, uh, I knew from mind over matter. And he's just always, me and him always got along and, He was just really cool and into a lot of the same things. And uh, Alex Barreto from Chain of Strength, uh, he came out actually to play drums, uh, but I didn't think he was that great at drums for what I wanted to do, but he was a really great guitar player. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I had this guy, Eric Stams, who was like a fucking phenomenal drummer, like insane, like session level player. Like I'd never played with anybody that good. And um, we had some really good songs right out of the bat. Uh, Requiem, which I've done in like five different bands because everyone yep. says that's a great song. Um, but the first version of it was really cool and really thrown off. And um, I think I might have to, these things are going soon. But um, okay. anyway, so we we got off to a good start. We toured, we did a tour in, in uh, Japan for like a week. Those were our first shows. And um, we were fucking awesome, man. We were just doing such great shit. Um, we came back to New York. We were supposed to play CBs and we played, um, the Kyber pass in Philly the night before. And just, we had like over rehearsed and we were all just so fucked up and the show just went so terribly bad. It was like a, a, a dream where you like, you're supposed to go on stage and then you realize you're in like in tighty whiteys. And it's like one of these like (laughs) nightmare dreams and you can't find the microphone and you got to piss. And it's, it was like that, but in real life, um, and so we canceled the CB show. I was so, there.
4: Yeah. Okay. That <laughs> it was, was like orange big, nine and you guys or something. I remember being like, here. I, I can't believe it. We're going to see this band finally. And then I was like, play it and show up.
5: <laughs> that, that was a major fuck up, you know, because the label was there and they were like, Oh, you shouldn't play CBs tomorrow. You'll blow your, your thing, you know, cause you don't want to go the show in the car, to be fair, was so awful. If we did yeah. that at CBs, it would have been a bummer, you know, like, or I, I didn't want to do that again. Right. So, we just had to regroup and um, and then then we just ended up in this sort of like major label bullshit pattern. And it just really kind of you know, you hear stories about it, you know, it's like that that uh, that Morrissey line, I've seen this happen in other people's lives and now, now it's I've happening in mine. It. Yeah. And it wrecks you because you lose the connection to your audience yeah. where you're not getting a response from real people. You're you're now I'm now making demo tapes to appeal to the a and team to give me the the right back to like release music and, and progress. And uh, that was really fucked up. And um, it wasn't till the record company got bought and sold once or twice before they were just like, all right, let's give the guy a chance to make a record. And that was it ended up being where I the schools. And so I used a couple of the songs from, from uh, World's Fastest Car, but I saw a video, someone sent me the World's Fastest Car in japan on that tour
2: yep.
5: and like we were fucking great man i was like I, I was like shocked i mean there was no real words again i was making no <laughs> words <laughs> yes uh on the spot but you know it was everything very i think it was probably in line with what like foo fighters were doing in a way because it was drawing on a lot of the same influences um and uh just sharp and the drummer was great and the band was really tight. It was a fucking great band. If we were like, just, just put out a record, it would have been, you know, whatever it would have been cool. It didn't work out that way. Um, and so, you know, and rival schools did end up becoming a thing and, uh, and that had all its, it's real cool shit with that too. So, you know, again, it's like looking back over your life. Um, sometimes, you're going to make a bad choice or um, circumstances will prevail over you. And um, it's the part of the fun is just like moving forward and learning from it and, and valuing. It's all good. You know what I mean? You're, you're getting stuff out of, you know, like the friendships, the relationships, the lessons learned. And, you know, um, there's no time when anything I've done that was successful, uh, that worked was so gratifying that it sustained me, you right. know, it was always just like, well, it's cool. You're happy. Like something worked, you know what I mean? But it doesn't, you don't, you don't just like walk around happy for the next year because that worked. It just doesn't work like that.
3: Right. right. Uh, so I think we got, uh, we got one last question here before we get to that. Uh, let's uh, say this, you're doing a thing with Vans, new direction. Yep. New direction. Yes. Uh, how's that been one? It's been fun. I've,
5: I've been having the best time. I gotta say like the show, I think is we did one show yep. and I did a, uh, a, a kind of a recap on the, 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 my Instagram page, which I started a new Instagram page. So I'm having a fucking blast with that. Um, and kind of recap the show. So yeah, I thought we kind of hit our stride in the second half, but we had Ray on and, uh, the main thing I'm digging about it is just like going back in hardcore. Like I just sort of like refigured my eardrums to, to kind of appreciate it again in, in like a, like a, I feel at one time, I had very discerning hardcore taste and would be like, that's cool. That's totally not. Um, yeah. now I'm like, I don't really know, but, um, I'm really loving. Like when something connects with me where I'm like, Holy shit, like, I I've got like 30 I've got a lot of hardcore to catch up on shit that just I it just didn't reach me. Yeah. And and also just really paying attention to and I'm sure you guys know like fucking million times more than me about this, but um it feels good to be new to the room in in that way and and just being like shit man, hardcore, I don't know what you guys think about it. I think it's so damn good right now at this very moment.
4: Mm. Great very spot. good.
3: Very good. A lot of creativity yeah. and like Um, it's something we echo a lot, I think on here is that not, you know, it's hard to say to be absolute about it, but as much as a time as any of the three of us can remember, there's a diversity in sound and creativity in all different directions. And that's really cool. And, uh, and maybe even cooler is the audience's receptiveness to that. And for people who are into hardcore for like the creative side, it's almost, you know, you couldn't ask for more. It's awesome. Like, uh, and it's just like really kind of re-
5: reconnecting a bunch of synapses in my brain that have just been kind of like calcified a little bit. Now they're firing again. And it's like, <laughs> fuck, this shit rules, man. I'm like mm-hmm. finger pointing the whole thing. And like, um, and that it is like so much more diverse. And, and I think the art of it is like at a higher level. And, um, and there's a lot of variety within it. I, I think with the show, I've really been enjoying that discovery um, and also just trying to like water down, like, what is it? Like, what is hardcore? You know, like, how do you, how do you break it down? Like, what makes it hardcore and, and what, what is that? And it's like, got all these, like, um, <clears throat> within this, like, music genre is just so much uh, reflection of life and, and people's, like ambitions and hopes and dreams and all this kind of shit. And it's playing it out in such a cool way that, um, I just find it fascinating right now.
4: Can you speak to some, oh, I'm sorry, Bob, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so last week you had on, um, mind force and Kevin Egan from beyond and 1.6 band. And
5: that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah, that's, yeah. Last yeah, week I, this this oh, you're out.
3: speaking
4: time wave. Yeah. This comes know, out. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Right, Cause this comes out next week. So I was talking in, all right, start again <laughs> Mind Force is great listener <laughs> um, So last uh, episode uh for new direction you had on Kevin Egan from Beyond 1.6 Last Crime and you had Mind Force on as a musical guest Um do you have anybody else lined up that you're allowed to kind of talk about that you have in the future either as like your 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 the couch guest or the band guest
5: I'm really. I, I just wish I could do it more often because there's so many people. I, I'm because each week I'm like discovering new bands. Like fuck, I gotta have. I gotta have these guys on. Uh, they're amazing. Why didn't I know? I didn't know about them t- like two months ago, and now I'm fucking pissed because I would have called them sooner. Um, <laughs> next week, I, I wanted you know because the first week I had Incendiary, who right. are to me like k- the kids, um, right. but but, but I saw them play with with, they played with GB and I, I love them. And, um, and I had Ray who I, you know, we've just talked about Ray. He's fucking amazing. So then, you know, this past week I had mind force, who is another band that I just, I think they're so fucking awesome. And so, so sick. And, uh, and Kevin, who's like, I'm trying to break it up between the old school and, 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 and bridge these generational divides bridge the gap. Yeah. in in my it because um especially through gb is where i see that the most because you'll see people with their kids and people like that just want to go and have fun at a gorilla biscuit show and 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 seeing that connection i just know that from my own experience i have like you know friends that just like no hardcore ended there and i don't care about anything and if i sure. hear this just you know they go immediately in derivative of that thing that was better sure. than that kind of shit and you just close yourself off to all this stuff i'm not feeling that vibe like i'm feeling like what is there like i'm in a candy store now and just yeah. gobbling it all up but you know for my boys like i got outburst coming next week awesome. and Outbirth, i think is a band that like has time has been kind to them because you know people like power trip picked them up right. and uh you know, there's this, all these younger bands, like, uh, Crime Watch and all these younger bands, like, picked up, like, to me, Outburst, they were m- my friends, and I actually played in Outburst for a minute, but they weren't, like, A-team hardcore
4: band. Right. They, they, we've they
1: we've talked a, about this quite a bit, yeah.
4: Right, but it was a killing time and breakdown, and they were... They were uh, sub, those yeah, bands. Right, they, right. Were not, they were not
5: mainframe guys, sure. but their are fucking transcends you know what I mean like yo if
3: you got tracks they they track right it's
5: awesome so I'm gonna have them on you know to kind of like again I'm trying to bridge like if we're gonna go old school I want to have something that bridges that speaks to the youngest person in the room and speaks to the oldest person in the room and um uh you know so I'm really psyched about that and I'm gonna have Sasha Stroud who um is in firewalker and she's a producer and she's produced all these amazing records like i have you guys heard lotion yep
4: yes. yep that's awesome so, okay
5: I find them really kind of Super interesting and I'd love to talk to you guys yeah. more about that like what is hardcore what when are you not hardcore anymore and uh and and I love firewalker and, mm-hmm. and sasha's producing all these really cool bands and she's a great drummer and and it's just like I'm so psyched to like peek into that world of, of someone that's really doing this in New York city. She's like a Don Fury right now. Yeah, and, man. and, and so like, I want to fucking know the Don Fury of today and like, what's her experience, you know, what's going on with that. It's fucking crazy. For sure. So, um, you know, in that show, I'm like for that show, obviously I'm talking, I'm not trying to hype it, but I'm just excited about like what I kind of feed off of, you know, it's, it's really fun.
4: So everybody should check that out. Right. I like also how you kind of frame it as like you're hoping that everyone who's watch, like not everyone who's watching knows hardcore knows who you are, and it's like they just happen to be like looking at something and they get to this vans like they're looking for a new pair of fucking you know old schools. Yes, and they see this and they're like, wait, what is this? And then you're kind of because you did like the core curriculum thing. I watched it last the- yeah. week, and just to kind of be like hipping people to, to stuff that may have no idea what's going on because skate culture has gotten so big. Yeah. And it's, you're not a, you're not necessarily a punk kid into skating anymore.
5: No, no, it's, it's your, your normie. I mean, I'm hoping there's like just like norms checking this shit out and to, to, to talk about it in a way, like, obviously with you guys, you know, we, we can talk about, I mean, I think you guys know a hell of a lot more than me, but, but there are certain things I know about. We can talk about it as insiders and right, the, right. the 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 vibe, people can just talk, get into the conversation and maybe not get the references. So, you know, with that show, I'm hoping that there's just total randoms yeah. that are just like clicking on it and that I can like connect to them somehow. Yeah.
2: Right. Good. I, I love, love that fun. energy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. So uh, people should follow the Instagram account, which is New Direction NYC. Check that out. That's probably the, the most direct way. Um, vans.com slash channel dash 66 so check that out Walter you've been awesome Um, I think we'd be remiss Uh, you mentioned the song Requiem Yeah, Uh, incredible song I can't believe it didn't come out until it came out on your solo record I mean now 10 years ago probably but um, true or false Uh also lyrically fantastic song true or false it's about John Travolta
5: the original title was Requiem for John Travolta. And and I guess it's, again, talking about context because I was just like, John Travolta last year was like a joke. He was like in Who's Talking To or whatever. Like yeah. he, he had been the coolest dude in the whole world, sex symbol. He's a joke. And now he's in um, – he was in uh, the Quentin Tarantino film. Killed,
3: uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Pulp
5: Fiction. Who was, which was the basically the the never mind of cinema, Mm. at that time, and all of a sudden, the context changes for John Travolta, and now he's a great actor again, and everybody loves him, and he's getting all these movie roles, and people are just chucking money in his face, because now we all love him again,
3: all over um, again,
5: you know, and it was nothing like heat on John Travolta. I got no bones to pick with him. I think he's iconic, and and from all reports, a really Cool guy from those the, the people that I know that I've met him, but um. Anyway, that was the idea. Just the context of things like okay, now he's he's hot, and you saw it. I don't know. I don't, I guess I was paying attention to to his little story at the time, but but it's not really that cool of a title, I guess, or I shied away from it because I th- I think
3: the uh, ambiguity. I mean, the song. It, it, I encourage everyone to listen to the song, listen to lyrics. I was a huge fan of the song for years and then got hip to the fact that it was about John Travolta. It didn't diminish the song and what it meant to me and how much I enjoyed it. But I then listened to it. I was like, this song's definitely about John Travolta. Wow.
5: (laughs) But doing it, doing it so seriously.
3: Oh, it's, that's what it is.
5: And and it's also, and it's, and it's also like, same kind of approach i would take actually with gb in a way like taking something kind of ridiculous but treating it super seriously
2: right. and
5: and 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 having and that being and that gives you some sort of space that when you hit it right it's awesome it's like the ramones like they're so fucking awesome and perfect but they just it's also ridiculous. Like they think that they think they're, they're in this like serious rock band that's going to happen, but yet they're like so cartoonish and, and, and silly, like, you know, so I I think that's like a, with that song, that's just like an angle that I like to take and when it works, it's great.
3: 100%.
1: Walter, obviously. Thank you very much, man. Yes. This was a great. This was really good time to spend with you. This was a nice conversation. Thank you.
4: Yes, thank no, I you I for not being mad at Pat for all the weird negativity that I was trying to bring. I, to I
1: thought, I, sorry, was I, I was super
4: positive was trying, and trying to
1: pull it out of you. I'm not my uh, we left oh, a lot. Pat, we I love that.
3: We left a lot of meat on the bone for a part two. So hopefully you'll grace us with, with that. Uh, pleasure talking with you guys, man. It's so
5: great what you guys are doing. And I remember I was talking with uh, with Brian from Incendiary about the, about the podcast, and he was just like, "You guys are providing." It's like when you're out in front of the show and you're just like talking shit about whatever. Like, you guys are providing that for people that 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 in between band space, and um, it's it's really uh, it's, it's been a pleasure talking with you guys and, and being a part of it. So yeah, I'd love to come thank
4: back. Awesome, we appreciate welcome. it. Thank you so much. Good night. All right, everybody. be good,
2: guys. Hang on. Bye, Walter.